This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Nico Zacone of Cactuar, Pinello Yggdrasil of Midgard Stormer, and Taliesin Truestrike of Fairy. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Are you ready to leave your mother behind and step into the real world of home ownership, but worried that your work dial's paycheck won't cut it? Fret not, because coming to a slum near you is the Cook and Income Base Affordable Housing. That's right, a housing area that's the perfect step up from mommy's basement, featuring every Hallmark home should have, including ponds with koi fish, that stupid stick that fills up with water and then dumps the water into the pond, agonizingly loud beetles to wake you up in the morning, and so many Sakura blossom trees that you'll need a snow shovel in spring. Order the otaku bundle with your home and it will be completely furnished with such staples as plastic katana swords on the wall, a rice cooker that will never get used, and an extra large body pillow with your choice of lease, yugiri, or hand sleeves. Be on the slash lookout for the harsh font sleeve as soon as we figure out that stitching for the center hole. So come on down to the Cuckan income-based affordable housing because getting your own hot pocket makes you a better person. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode 127. 28, sorry, 128! Damn, we're getting up there. A million. No. We're so old. We should be dead. We're I already know. a quarter of the way to 200. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we're older than pretty much like any of the oldest people to live, so we should we should just end it. Nika, you yeah. remember how remember how earlier you said that that witcher in the picture was the best joke you've ever made? Stop yeah. on your head. Yeah, okay. just, uh, yeah, I'll think I'll take your advice. Just <laughs> just just wrap it up. Just stop it now. Stop your life. It all goes downhill. That got dark. (laughs) From here. There's no no more good things. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. So there are some people who are confused as to why the show live doesn't have any music. We're having to do this show uh, much like we would if I wasn't here because we have no studio. The uh, studio is uh, experiencing power problems. Um, it, it's it's way worse than it was uh, even you know like almost two months ago when I was dealing with this. So ever um, this is the worst yeah, it is, period. It, it is it is it's so bad that I'm actually having to keep the circuit 
for the studio off while I'm not here. And um, it's actually it's actually a, a bit of a fire hazard. So uh, I've got someone coming in who's going to be replacing the power panel early this week. Um, hopefully that should eliminate all the problems for next week. And we will be back to being in studio um, and and having the show be its normal um, you know, it's, it's normal presentational style, but, uh, for this week, we're going to have to do it without music because the master recording that is going to be going out on the podcast is going to be the YouTube recording. So, um, we have to be sure that we have a stable connection and, you know, that, that, the the show is, you know, is there from beginning to end or else it won't end up on the podcast. Like it actually, you know, we can't use any part of the studio right now so um that that's definitely uh been a challenge so uh that we're we're trying to navigate that we're trying to get to the other side of that um it's a bigger problem than i can deal with myself or that i can really do anything about so um you know while i I do apologize for the uh reduction in quality um and and i do see that as you know a personal failure and a point of frustration um, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot that we can do to change the outcome. So, uh, the best that we can hope for is that it will be fixed in time for checkpoint radio, um, and, uh, and, and won't end up impacting the show next week. So, um, that's why the show sounds and looks the way it does, but, uh, that that's, uh, that's the deal. That's what's going on. So, um, yeah, it, uh, that, it's it sucks like like again this is something that's it's very personally frustrating and stressing for me and obviously people notice the difference when they come uh watch the show and you know i i want to be able to do things like you know put all of your donated money to good use and have it um show you know maintain in the in the final product but this is um a problem that is way bigger than you know throwing money at at getting more equipment or better equipment like it's not something that we can even do like we've you know got to call in a specialist to be it's it's a power box it's not like we're short a computer or we're short you know we don't our our audio board blew or something like that it's a power box Right, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, imagine imagine your own life if your, you know, like your your uh, breaker box blew, right? And, and, you know, the only place that I have stable power is back in my bedroom. That's one room out of the three that has stable power. And what seems to set it off and make it worse is when the voltage changes, right? Like it... it, it it was mostly okay th- throughout all of uh, Final Encountercast today, but when I turned off the um, you know the audio board at the end of the show to be able to not exacerbate the problem, it started again, and it like takes like twenty minutes every time there's like a voltage adjustment for it to stop freaking out, which obviously points to a a deeper problem than something that i can fix um it just sucks that it's going to take like 600 700 to to get it done and until then like again imagine your own life if you couldn't 
you know, run your TV or run your PC without worrying that it's going to die, like permanently die. Yeah. Irreversible damage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm like 90% sure that you guys remember, you know, a couple of summers ago when I had all kinds of problems with my PC and having hardware that kept blowing. You know, I think that that's this can be linked back to this. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think initially that's what it was. And the problem was so minute that I didn't even know that it was a problem. But obviously it was causing uh, irreparable damage to my hardware. It wasn't until I got the the battery backup um, and I got a bigger battery backup that I stopped having those problems. Right. I mean, like we had an inordinate a number of power problems or of. Uh, technical problems with equipment hardware problems yeah Yeah, it was happening all the time like it became a joke we couldn't believe it was happening so often so i would absolutely believe that it was related to this yeah so uh uh maternix in the chat saying a series of brownouts killed three xbox 360s like dude power uh, i don't fuck around with power problems and and again it's you know it's not something that it's like oh it only gets bad when people are running stuff or it only gets bad under these situations it's like permanently fucked and i already risked way too much by running shit under it when it had the first set of problems and now that the problem is back and worse why why in the world would i chance it with the with the equipment that we need to be able to run the show actually with the amount of equipment we have yeah i know you know that's that's the price you pay for having so many magnemite in the safari zone (laughs) oh my gosh well amen he does have a lot of magnemite bottom line we're sorry that we sound like state of the realm this week (laughs) okay for that uh scully you have to be about 60 decibels lower I mean, I, I mean, Infinity Fox might be time to move. Yeah, because that's a reasonable thing to do. Like, that's a reasonable response for when you have a problem. Up, oh, well, time to move. I mean, granted, I have a lot. Of, I have had a lot of problems in this in this it's not condo. That easy to just up and move. I fucking own it. I bought it. <laughs> I own it. I, that means I'd have to sell it and and pay rent where and else? Find somewhere else. else yeah. You you understand, guys, that fifteen hundred dollars that you guys bring in on Patreon every month does not like that. That shit doesn't equal out, right? Like, I can't. I can't. At start asking suddenly to be able to take out rent money from how we do this show. Like, no dude, like that's not how this shit works. Um, you know, so we've got to be able to try to address the problem and, and, and a response like, Oh, well it's time to move. That's not fucking reasonable. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it is time to move, but that's more of a thing. If you live in Detroit and it's time to move. <laughs> except dude, except like, this unit, this specific unit, where it is, like, will only increase in value as the neighborhoods get better. Yeah. The view, the Come on, view. that view? Yeah, that view. I still remember the first conversation I had with Aniro the first time I came in there. He goes, dude, come over here and look. Look at this view. Yeah, he like sent us a picture of it, too, when you first yeah. moved in there. Like, well, look at well, this view, guys. Look at yeah. this. But specifically, he asked me, he goes, look at this view. If you were a chick, would you not fuck me? Exactly. First thing he said to me. <laughs> exactly. It's a pa- it's a panty dropper condo. Um, it's 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 way more ballin than I deserve. And the only reason that I live here is because I, you know, the the person who lived in it before was my godfather. That's the only reason. That's the only reason that I had an opportunity to buy it. And so far, it's you know, like it has increased in value while I've lived here, and. It, 
if you know if they're making improvements to the neighborhood it would just be it would be a bad investment to pull out now so uh, you've absolutely to, you've got to be able to make it work and and also because this is an investment you've got to do things like invest in the power structure i've had so many people come to me and and after i after i describe the problem they go well shouldn't your landlord take care of it and the and apparently they've never owned a condo or property ever because no your landlord is not is not responsible for the things inside your unit. You're, oh, no, no one in our generation has actually owned a home. Come on, yeah, that's the dream. I've only rented things. So that's the reason why it's, you know, it's going to sound like shit for a week. The podcast is going to sound like shit for a week. Sorry. Our bad. No, no it's not our it's, bad. It's not our bad. Jeez, you and, you and Nate need to settle down. It's not our bad. It's the thing that is, and we're fixing it exactly like that's and that's the thing is that like yeah it's going to affect these two shows but in the long term we're fixing it and we're not coming to you to help us fix it either this is my responsibility i own this place like this is coming out of my pocket and i have not asked for any kind of reimbursement from you the listener or from the company itself and i don't believe that that the company is liable for something like this you know yes do we use it in the production of the show absolutely do we need it to be able to produce the show? I mean, that's kind of arguable because we're doing the show right now. We don't necessarily need it, but to be able to sound like we do, to be able to function like the show normally functions, absolutely, we need the studio. But I'm not going to put that on the backs of you guys. I'm not going to sit here and ask you for $600, $700 to be able to fix this problem because... I live here 24-7. We don't do this show 24-7. We don't do Checkpoint 24-7. This is not a 24-7 product. I don't feel right about asking you guys to foot the bill for this. So, no, I'm not going to do that. That's going to come out of my own savings. And to is your that- point, it, it, it is best when we can do it in studio. But, I mean, we've done a show from the floor of E3. We've done a show from the floor of uh, FanFest. Like, it, it can be done. The show goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over until the fat guy sings. That's Juxta, by the way. Oh, but he likes singing. I've heard him. Really? Oh, say oh. can you see uh, by the dawn early oh stop, 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 please stop. Please, 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 please. We're so proudly What did you do? Stop. What did you do? Off a flag, the blood doesn't even know the word. Okay, <laughs> wow did you just like strangle a chicken <laughs> it was actually my cat she jumped up on top of me <laughs> because yeah, she like, attacked you. That. <laughs> yeah probably holy uh, crap oh well that was uh, horrifying that, okay yeah. show's over guys go home i can't that you're welcome awesome. i can't uh, believe he doesn't know the words to the national anthem hashtag you juxta hey the it's working again. That's good. Because <laughs> you broke it last time? I, I guess. I didn't. I don't think I changed anything. It's just working again. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. So, yeah. That's it's why. It's a great uh, show, guys. No, it is a great show. It's a wonderful show. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, there's, the, uh, there's the, the, the message out of the way on why, you know, once again, we're over Skype, but we're working on it. Yeah. We're over Skype. Zoom. We're not touching Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck Skype. Fuck we will you, never Skype. touch Skype again. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's, what's going on, uh, with the studio. Um, it's just, it's, it sucks, man. I, I, I really 
dislike being put in in this position uh, you know i mentioned it on fec i haven't been able to sleep since this started um and it's not for lack of trying either it's not like i have a whole lot of distractions to keep me away from sleep right like i have to i have to basically make a little fort for myself back in my fucking bedroom and camp out there as the only like little source of stable power that i have and you know like that sh- dude it, it it's 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 fucking with me it's legitimately fucking with me as a person um to to have this problem persist and it's so frustrating especially after you pay someone 150 bucks to solve the fucking problem and it only solves it for a month and a half right you know, you know well, one of the ways that i kind of take solace and stuff like this is you know because like you've said we've had problems akin to this going back as far as we can remember and every single one of these problems in most cases would completely kill podcasts small boob for zero wow no yes i love those boobs no those are obviously Callie's boobs but 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 back to my point the type of problems that we've dealt with or the type of problems that we've endured would normally kill podcasts yeah you would not be able to recover from this type of stuff much i mean like and that's the thing is that like we're still doing the show we're still doing it live on twitch um you know the 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 yeah the quality is going to be a little bit lacking but that's really just going to make it sound like every other fucking podcast out there and yeah like i i don't like I don't understand. Like we, we've done everything that we could to still be able to do this show, to do it as well as possible. Um, and you know, this is just, I, I, yeah, I, I think that that's a good point. Uh, Kahlo is that these kind of problems would, would normally stop another podcast. So they'd have to take a week off or something like, or that. even longer because they just don't even have the money to fix whatever the problem is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, all right, um, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a limit-breaking news update. Well, it's nearly upon us. The Shiragane Housing Ward shall open with the arrival of, fat, of Patch 4.1. In preparation for this, Square Enix has released an announcement on the Lodestone detailing how you may relocate your current housing to the Shiragane District. Please note, you can relocate to any other housing districts as well, not just Shiragane. So the first thing that you're going to need to do when it releases is just go to the plot that you want and hit the little purchase option. Because when you do that, the option for relocation will appear, allowing you to immediately move your estate. And uh, there's actually no need to worry about like relinquishing ownership of your previous lot. And actually, the, the cool thing that I'm actually surprised that they did is that 30% of the minimum value of your old plot will actually be put towards the purchase price of a new one. So you don't have to pay the full price. That's right. That's right. Cool. Yeah. And in the event a reimbursement for the old plot exceeds the price of the destination plot, let's say that uh, you own like the biggest house and you just want a small one. I don't know why you would. <laughs> let's say that that's a thing. Uh, the, re- the cost of relocation will be waived entirely. Okay. Uh, for further details, such as you know what's going to happen to furnishings and how both the outdoor and indoor ones work, as well as storerooms, uh, go and visit the Lodestone. All right. Well, I mean, I'll start packing my bags. When are we moving? I'm actually really excited uh, for, for storerooms, though, because I, how many of us have an entire retainer full of old furniture we don't want to get rid of or we can't because we can't sell it? Like, not, not me. All, 
You don't? Pl I, plenty of us do. I was say, like, I actually do have a retainer dedicated to furniture. Yeah, so now we get like, a ton of storage space. That's actually, I think, what happened when I when I bought a, an apartment. I had moved all this stuff into the apartment, and I'm like, oh, I'll do this later. And as what of now... You, what are you furnishing, Ascalia, that you <laughs> are saving shit for? Uh, my alt. My alt has ops. He's like trying to establish the Eorzean version of the transgendered fighting cages. <laughs> <laughs> oh my... Oh, you, well, you know what? I wasn't, but... That's you know what? I'm, I'm going to issue that challenge to you. I want you to turn a room somewhere into, like, a, a cage match area. I'm going to turn my current room in our current house into a fighting cage area. Oh, boy. Good. Yes. How and while you're that? at it, you can uh, refurnish uh, the current house you're currently living in. So I don't have to do it every single time and spend my hard-earned gill for but it. all of these, dude, all of these, like, like... If you're really anxious to get a Shiragane plot, like, does that just confirm we confirm Weeb's suspicion? Like, I feel like it should, because like, dude, all not necessarily because there are no other housing plots available anywhere. So if you still no, don't okay, have no, a house, no, you no, still no. want one. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying for for someone buying a new plot. I'm saying for someone taking their existing plot and uh, moving it to Shiragane. Yeah. I, I feel like that confirms we that confirms Weeb's suspicion. Absolutely, and that all of those people need to be marked. I, you know what? I, I <laughs> will uh, with tags on them. What? I will. Tags on I don't. I don't know. Tags. I don't know something, but just something that makes them identifiable, uh, identifiable as retarded. I will agree, except for if you're moving from the lavender beds, because the lavender beds suck. But you, but the lavender beds are going to get a sweet stream to go skinny dipping in. Oh my god! <laughs> I want a Roman bath. I don't want a stream. Well, then you better not move. Can when I can to to know how nobles shall play? <laughs> like, like, can I just say that I hope that there are, are several plots that get taken out in this addition of a bathhouse area or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> yeah, they're doing to the old places. Yeah, like just someone's house gets fucked and they're like, what the fuck happened? I mean, that shit happens in real life. You're like, hey, yeah. we're going to like build a shopping mall here yeah. so all of your houses, they're gone. Square, yep. yeah, Square Enix sends you a, meta, a letter to your mock house just says, uh, eminent domain, we're repossessing your house. Sorry about that. Here's the equivalent in Gil and you don't have a house anymore. I mean, literally Square Enix could do that. Absolutely. I would be amazing. And then they have to take out a bunch more to build a highway to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Chocobo Freeway, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I just want everyone to know that uh, when you log in on patch 4.1, I'm going to have moved the house to <laughs> Weebland just to piss everybody off. You know, I kind of expected that. No, hold on. I'm going to take that permission away from him. He's not going to be able to do that. Like, I don't know your login information. No, you don't. I think only a Nero can do that, can't he? No, really? I can do that because I'm the one who, who, uh, here, there you go. This should make you feel right at home. He's, he's an intern now. Uh, no, because I was the one who did all the free company stuff. Oh, all right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, you better protect that. There. We're fine. Okay, great. Yeah, we're getting relocated to a small house in Kukan. <laughs> And he's going to pocket all the money that he makes. Off of yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've got a date set for the second part of the patch 4.1 live letter. And it's going to be on September 29th. And that's good for us. That's a uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. So we'll have plenty of time to program the show for it. 
Thank God. As for show details, we will get a glimpse of quote unquote new content. Including the new alliance raid return to Ivelisse. That's some good new content right there. The Shiragane residential area. More new content. Updates to the adventurer squadrons. Get out. So much new content. And more. So either they're keeping the Eureka stuff very hush hush or guys... It's not coming in 4.1. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, apparently, we we already knew that it wasn't coming in 4.1 because of um, a uh, interview that Fusion X did. Uh, why, with, wait, why would we know? Why would we know that? Like, yeah, I, said, I don't remember knowing. Everybody this. knows Fusion that. X. Fusion X did that. Did that interview? What does that have to do with us? And why well, would I ever listen to anything that Fusion X makes? I was gonna say you you would wow. think that we would have re- reported on it, but yeah, we would have remembered it. But it, you know, it's no, you know what? You lost all your credibility for insulting Fusion when you two had your little sleepover for uh, Twin Peaks out in Seattle. Oh, what? Or whatever it was. Yeah. Did you call it a sleepover? I did. Is that what happened? No. It's, it's, that's my head cannon. <laughs> we no. went out to dinner. They, they, they ordered no. pizza. They, they ate went pizza. out your head, to dinner. Your head cannon. They made a fort in a Nero's bedroom, <laughs> and then they kissed. <laughs> because there was only power in that one bedroom. Right, exactly. They kissed over the Coleman lantern. <laughs> I like. I like how. I like how you're taking an actually funny joke and making it really not. What? I think it's pretty funny. My original joke about how we went out to dinner and laughed at the FF14 community over ridiculously opulent stuff. That was a good joke. This shit, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Better. This is us <laughs> feeling future fanfics. Can we fanfic it, please? Dude, it's it, this is so lazy and uninspired. I have nothing to even respond with because it's just fucking stupid. But Just like does, everything Square Enix does for us. It, do, it does open up a whole wow, new avenue. Wow, that was so ham-fisted. This is new content. Like, what? Have you, are you guys just phoning in jokes now? Like, I didn't realize that this show had, had, had deteriorated to the point where you guys weren't even bothering to try to figure out how to put jokes together. Jesus fucking Christ. Have you not been Look here at lately? him. Look at him get so defensive. This must really, this must really annoy him. Wow. No, I want you to make better jokes. I want to show like yeah, he's like, getting super defensive because he we're knows already, what's what happened. We're that's all we're happened. already on, on gosh. <laughs> We've already established you're not the funny one. Yeah, don't try. Uh, worse. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not no, sure it no. could get any worse. Uh, the last time that we talked about fast patch 4.1, did I not bring this up that, that we're not getting your, even if we get it in, in, in uh, 4.15, like at what point did we actually get relic weapons in the last two expansions? It was definitely in a half patch. Yeah. And I think it was like one five every time. Wasn't it? Was it? I think so. Cause I feel like we're like, Oh, okay. We get all this like new 24 man content. And then in the half patch, like the only content we get is the relic. I feel like waiting this long for Eureka, it's it, it, it's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we'd at least know what we were looking at by now. Yeah, so nothing is basically, as far as I'm concerned, patch 4.1 isn't bringing us anything because the Alliance raid item level 
isn't going to be increased. We've, we've already uh, been told that the item level is not going up in 4.1. Yeah, we, so I mean, besides, it never has in a point so one. Besi- right. So besides doing it for the story, that content is essentially <laughs> dead on arrival. The Shiragani residential area, okay, some people are going to locate to that, but that's not fucking content. So squadron adventurer stuff. There's are nothing they- to do in 4.1. There is nothing to last and one month, yeah, no. months for the, yes are we getting that super uh super fight content in 4.1 i th- i think we're supposed to the savage mode oh yeah. the ultimate the savage ultimate. Mode? Yeah, yeah yeah okay so i guess that's coming but again that's not going to have item level increase that's going to have uh the yeah, so we'll see how many of the raiders that are ready right. for it actually spend like a lot of time in there. We'll right. See. The the weapon equivalent for that will be the exact same as Delta Scape version 4.0 in the smallest percentage of the raiding community is going to even attempt it. Yeah, I'll be really curious to know like who actually turns out for that, if anybody. Yeah. So in patch 4.1, what is A, bringing people that might have dropped off already back to the game, and B keeping people that are here or maybe even thinking about stopping, keeping them here to do new stuff. What is it? What are they going to be doing? Dude, I was, I was on Twitter last night and I saw, uh, it was like Zariz, I think it was Zariz Highland. And he just tweeted out like, well, I hit level 70. I don't want to play anymore. And like, yeah, you don't imagine that. How about that? Like, well, I mean, even if you were like, look, I'm going to, you know, gear out and get, you know, either all the, the, um, the gear from Omegas, or if you even want to just uh, you or gear yourself out with uh, what are the tomes called now? Whatever the the the, the green <laughs> tomes are, <laughs> good ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Verity, isn't that what's called Verity? Ver- no, creation. Oh. <laughs> How do we not know what the fucking tomes are? Verity was yeah, the one that exactly. came out on release. Creation is the one that's currently weekly capped. Yeah, so you know you might finish out your creation tomes. I'm not sure exactly how many weeks that should take to get all of them, but. That's it. There's nothing that's really new coming in 4.1 unless you want glamour from Return to Iblis. <laughs> Updates to Adventurer Squadrons. <sighs> They're going to update sure. it. Yeah. We're going to get like one or two dungeons that we can take our adventurers into that might give out some type of glamour. Ooh, that's wow. Already glamour? The, that's you- already previously available elsewhere, not new glamour. Wow, you're being kind of generous with the cold glamour. I didn't think that was going to happen. No, no, no. I, th- I think they'll do something like what Palace of the Dead did, where there's some. Oh, I don't think so. It's just going to let you elsewhere. solo shit. That's. All. I thought it was just like trust in eleven. No. Oh, now you can do stuff no. by yourself. It's definitely not trust in eleven because the way that they phrased it and the first part of the live letter show, they actually mentioned that certain dungeons will be available, and going forward, they will add more. So they actually have to adjust dungeons or, or you know, develop it in a way that they will be in there with us so it's uh, not it's not right it's but not i thought that just meant now you can solo tamtara and sastasha and soon you'll be able to solo more of them that's I how didn't, that's how like, i, took I didn't think it was a special content like to me it sounds like you can go as a low-level job so you can get the right amount of xp and take your squadron as party members so you don't have to wait for the duty finder Ugh, that's, that's even terrible. that's, that's what even i terrible. assumed from the get-go and there is nothing that proves otherwise right now. That's even more terrible because people don't do it now as is. And I don't think that's because well, we can't get parties for it. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you're leveling up and you don't, you don't want to have to wait on someone. To- okay. Except if that's true, then essentially if they're only coming out with a few dungeons, that means, okay, now you can solo level up in dungeons to level 20. Yep. Future content. You can go to 30. Yep. 
<laughs> I do not see it being anything other than that. If it is, I will eat my words, but that is what I see currently. Uh, well, that's disappointing. Sure. At least we'll be able to glamour them. Yay, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, what, I mean, okay, so what are you going to glamour them to? That's so exciting. Um, because Make I've all got of a, them bunny girls. Yeah, I've got a party of femros. They're all going to be sexy. Oh, <laughs> okay, actually, hold on. Hold on. Can we, can we talk about that part? Because <laughs> I have you have no idea how long I spent trying to craft the perfect adventuring team of females with the perfect glamours. Like, there's so many that's like you can only get them from baits and you can't get them from anywhere else. Oh, they're like special ones. Yeah. 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 Like the pirate one or the bunny one. Right. And now you're just like, oh, you can glamour them away. Like, what the fuck, Screenix? What happened to digital exclusive son of a bitch? <laughs> what? He, I it's, think he, he just figured it out. It used to be exclusive now, and you have to work for it, but now you don't. You can just fucking glamour it away. Well, you still have to get them, like, to level, I think, over level 50 or 60 or whatever the cap is to be able to glamour them. Yeah, it's not hard. No, that goes by pretty quick. I, I mean, I actually didn't know, like, Juxta, you used to have to, like, you could do, like, certain fates to trigger certain party members to join you. Yeah, oh. I didn't know that either. Well, well not the, certain fates, but you, to, uh, for certain party members to join you, you have to ac- accomplish a certain, uh, what is that log? The, ch- the challenge log. I know yeah, that right. as so, you like, do challenge log girl, things, you get people to show up, but yeah, I so didn't like, realize they were specific. I thought it was a RNG thing. No, so, like, the bunny girl, you have to, uh, if you do enough gold saucer-related ones, right. the bunny girl will show up. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, there was a Reddit post somewhere that explained all of this stuff. I don't know where you guys were. I still need one more femro, so I'll look. Up, I'll look that up. Gross! Oh my god! I've got three femros and a bro row right now in my party. A bro row? Oh my god! I have never heard that before. And I what really else would they be called? Said that. That's terrible. Can we it's awesome. Nika? <laughs> you mean love Nika Mork for being awesome? <sighs> yeah, that's what we meant. Sure. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, great. No. All right. So anyway, that's uh, that's all the news that's uh, that's came out. There's uh, not a whole lot of it. Wow. Well, that sounds like a real exciting uh, exciting week in the world of FF14, as it so often is. So, uh, Callow, uh, you mentioned this uh, to me while we were leaving checkpoint this week that uh, someone was having a our MMO examiner was having a discussion about. <laughs> first of all, man, I am so sick of M- MMO examiner. That, yeah, me too. Like I don't know the, the the first time or second time that you know I saw a link that was directing it there. Fine, fine, okay, right. <laughs> I mean, they don't really do quote unquote stories. But fine. But like now it's just it's so blatant the amount of times that like they're just like, oh, here's a Reddit post. And then they kind of paraphrase the Reddit post. And that's it. They're, they are the Pretty ones much. who. Yeah. yeah uh, Nero, they're the ones who did the uh, post a while back about the final boss menagerie being too hard. Right. Was yep, that them? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's essentially it. Is that. Yeah. They uh, are subscribed to every. Uh, MMO subreddit that there is, and they just look for the the discussions that get the most, um, you know, the Hits. the most comments. Yeah, right. and and that's pretty much how they end up putting the majority of their content together. Oh, don't yeah, even you call it, think- don't even call, don't even call it content. Like if they were to at least in, in, in interject some type of opinion about it, like okay, cool, then maybe I, I mean, I it's content, it's but they do literally nothing. It's becoming a much, much more common thing because um, as as I uh, was watching Twin Peaks uh, throughout its third season, um, I was also watching theory videos and I and I noticed that there were some theory videos. Obviously, there are going to be some that are better than others, Mm -hmm. but most of them at their core were repeating discussions 
that I was actively engaged in over in Reddit. And they weren't disclosing where the theories were coming from. Just passing them off. Yeah, as I actually, oh man, yeah. I wish I could remember the source now, but I actually have a friend who's in like social media marketing and stuff. And they were going to like a business seminar and they, they posted the, the course description of the course they were going to take. And it was literally like, we teach you about Reddit so you can learn where to find really oh important God. discussion. Like, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. This is a real thing oh, no. I saw. And Game of Thrones gets it worse than anybody. Like the yes. number of articles everywhere on Game and of Thrones YouTube, where it's like, and- Yep. Like why Jon Snow is important to the story of Game of Thrones. You're like kill yourself. Watch an episode. Yeah. Yeah. You think MMO examiner would actually have people on their team spread out amongst all the different like relevant MMOs and like actually examining them themselves. That would because... cost money and take effort. No, no. MMO examiner is more akin to like the tabloids that you see where it's like, you know, uh, Martian baby. Could it be Trump's? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? If if I saw that tabloid, I might feel like the n- need to buy it. Jump off a bridge. I'm sorry. I would have to. No, jump nothing off else. Just to post a picture of it. So anyway, uh, the, the what this uh, particular MMO examiner article uh, directed us to was, of course, a Reddit post uh, yep. talking about Final Fantasy 14's penalty system and if there is a problem with it. To which I almost immediately thought, wait. Final Fantasy 14 has a penalty system. Wait, what are they talking about penalty? Like, like the like, like your gear like, breaking? No, like, like, like uh, getting in light. trouble for stuff. Like, oh, geez, like, like, yeah, language. oh, I read like, this article. Yes, 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 like, like how you know someone will get only like a day for actually hacking, and then you like call someone an asshole, and you get you get banned forever. Yeah, like, <laughs> essentially, they have a one, two, three strike system, right? And uh, your first one gives you a twenty-four hour ban, second one a seventy-two hour ban, then a two hundred and sixteen hour ban. Whether it's cheating, whether it's harassment, whether it's it's all equal, everything carries exactly the same weight. weight. Yeah. First of all, like I said, I didn't even realize that this was much of a problem because I feel like I don't ever hear of any stories of people getting even banned, not even just unjustly banned. Uh, I mean, I recall years and years and years ago when we actually uh, uh, on a show, we had talked about some. I don't want to say controversies that have happened, but we had had a few stories about people being harassed for weeks, months on end and, and having them submit all types of documentation, actually communicating, not just with GMs, but like with, with customer support outside of the game and nothing ever happened. Oh, that's shitty. But yet, yet somehow there's a problem with their archaic form of, policing does mmo examiner like take a stance on this no no of course not of course not i mean if you go to the actual- just examining not opinionating <laughs> they're not even examining they're just copy and pasting i mean the actual post itself there's a, a lot of thought that went into it. i mean this guy outlines like the roles of gms uh the role of the square enix account policy why you should care even gives like potential solutions and stuff like that that's why when i looked at it i'm like there's I, I feel like a lot more here than I ever would have guessed was being here. You know, on, on uh, FEC today, we talked about how uh, Overwatch kind of go, or, or uh, Overwatch is apparently going far beyond where they need to to deal with the toxic community to the point where they're like, it's interfering with our development stuff, right? So I feel like when you have toxic communities or when you have communities or games that actually deal with policies and stuff like this, it tends to be an issue. Like you hear about it happening. When was the last time you guys heard anything about bannings outside of the official forums? Oh, God. <laughs> never. Um, on, on the Facebook page. Really? People talk about really? being banned on Facebook? 
Yeah. yeah on, um, or on talking the, on about the, their bannings. Yeah, talking about getting banned. I've seen that. Um, especially because, like, the, the fact is that because it, it gets all the same weight, when usually when people post about their bannings is when they're like, yeah, I've had the three strikes, but literally all I did once was, like, say the word asshole to my friend and someone else was offended and reported me and I got in trouble. Like, what? wait, hold on. You got in trouble for that? Like, not, in game? not me, but like, oh, that's, oh, people, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff that people but that are saying. That sounds like straw manning though. I mean, like that, it's not, if, if ever I come across something like that, I'm like, yeah, really? Was it the asshole mm. that did it? Or I mean, that's it, true. You being in a party and calling someone a faggot. Uh, earlier in the day, the thing that did it or the thing, you know what I mean? Like there, there's so many different, uh, like the, 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 the reason someone thinks they're banned can be at odds or can be an entirely different um, incident than from what, but a lot of times people actually post like the GM tells where they're like, so we heard that you did this earlier to someone just gonna let, like, they let me, I'm investigating this. Like, tell me what happened. Like okay, I've seen but, people uh, actually do that. So they know why they're being examined. It still kind of falls in with what, with what uh, a Nero is saying here, because someone could be reported for, you know, have saying one or two things, right. They're showing you the conversation, but if the GM then goes back and investigates it further after they've talked with them and sees multiple infractions, even beyond that, that weren't necessarily reported, then it, it still, yeah. Doesn't show the entire story. That's true. But I, I like when you talk about the way that Square Enix has handled, you know, bannings and everything. They've been pretty archaic all the way back to FF11. I, yeah. I don't. How many games do you know of that had a jail that you were taken to? Like, was that a <laughs> common thing for MMOs at the time? Because I don't. I'd never heard of uh, that. D- that's a good question. You know, I never actually really even thought to to wonder that. I guess I just kind of assumed that that was kind of a a thing because you get reported in wow well if, if, if you get banned then you you just get banned you can't log you can't log in that's actually a really good point why actually make a jail that you put the player into to log into instead of just banning them from being able to log in for x amount of hours uh, I, i'm told that some games did have a, oh, a jail yeah. that it's uh, not horrible says, says ashiran's call had a jail jails are not unique and jails weren't necessarily just for like, I feel like jails were all the, they were currently investigating because I know I got pulled into Morty in jail once in 11 because I was at this horribly <gasps> cheap apartment in, a, in a, when I was at CMU and the internet there was like in-house. It was like whatever their in-house system was. It was not like a real ISP. It was horrible. And the lag was so bad. It thought that I was botting. And mm-hmm. it pulled me because they had that automatic bot detection system or whatever the hell that was. And, and so I was actually like, I was leveling up in Quiffin and then I like went AFK out by like Lothian Plateau and I went to the store, came back and I was in morning jail. <laughs> like what the fuck? And so I had to like call the GM to come and talk to me. Cause I was like stuck in there. I was like saying something to say and like, they weren't responding to me. So I had to actually call the GM, it took them forever to get back to me. And then the, the, like, and then I just told them, I was like, you know, I was in Quiffin, then I went AFK and then they went back in my logs and like, Oh, you're right. Have a good day. And they sent me out. Like, you know that's okay uh, so I, I have a i have a question nika real quick um yeah was this before or after your pandemonium warden oh, kill geez. uh after <laughs> oh interesting okay uh anyway nika, that actually, i think segues into one of the things that the guy brings up in the post that i i think i do kind of actually agree with and and the roles of gms within the game and i think this might actually explain too why some of those stories that we touched on years ago didn't see any kind of resolution for so long is that 
it really comes down to the GM themselves to determine if the you know infraction A has occurred, how to deal with you know how to appropriately deal with it, and the flexibility between GMs could vary widely. I mean, if, if there isn't any kind of actual criteria that they have to look at and like, you know, follow, that could actually, I think, be a pretty, pretty, pretty big problem in, uh, uh, you know, account policies and stuff like that. But if, if you're trying to uh, find a way to deal with people on an equitable level, like, like, like what we're talking about, like everything is punished equally, and I don't see like you've already invested in a system, right, where you have uh, GMs who are obviously looking into everything on a case by case basis, but you're not instilling them with any authority to make a decision or make a determination about what is worthy of what kind of punishment. It, I can see where people would get really frustrated, and where that's where those straw man arguments come from. Of well, I called someone an asshole, and I got a, I got the same ban that my friend got, you know, for threatening to murder somebody. Like it, it's like you know, Jesus. But you, but you get what We're I'm actually, saying. you know, breaking the game code and cheating. Right, right. Uh, that, that's just extremely frustrating to me, and I can see why. Like, I don't know that it, I necessarily care about it because MMO Examiner is picking it up, but I would right. be really curious to know what our listener base, if they've ever had any, you know, experience with GMs in this game. Have you ever... Has this ever happened to you? Have you had to deal with a GM? Have they treated you unfairly, or has it been mostly equitable? And you can check us out on Discord. Uh, I got the uh, link put in the chat now. Uh, hashtag LBR calls. Drop your name and server, and we'll get you pulled up, and you can give us your story on that. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, if you were contacted by a GM because you were reported for something, I've had tons of contact with GMs before because I've reported someone, and there's oh, you're that guy. <laughs> there's there's never been anything special about that. They show up. It seems very you know copy and kind of paste about about what happens. Um, and, and then that's it. And it's really hard to even go on, you know, stories that people have told, because as Nate says, when other people, even if they have screenshots, Nika, of the GM conversation, you have no idea how much of the story you're actually getting and in, in, in the stuff that's actually gone into it before. So it's even hard to take that kind of stuff into consideration. I will say, however, that Based on some of the stories that I've seen or some of the stories that, that I've heard, be it on the official forums or on the Facebook uh, pages, because the action or inaction seems to vary so widely between cases, it obviously could, yes, fall into the uh, the side of the camp that, you know, you're not getting the whole story. But based on the fact that it's really up to the GMs whether or not to pursue something and how you know, uh, how different it could be based on GM's temperament or, you know, how they decide to, to deal with it. That could also relate to why sometimes the, the judgments or the punishments that are being handed out vary so widely from case to case. Yeah, but that's that's discretion. And and police officers use discretion in the moment when, you know, like if they have you pulled over in a traffic stop or, you know, like that's it's also it's, true. There is there's plenty of discretion and that has to be a factor that is allowed to um, factor into the decisions of people who oversee things, whether you're a cop, whether you're a GM, but they have their own standards, right? Like they have their own standards that they have to meet to be able to continue doing their job, or at least we think that they do, right? Like that's that's a, that's supposed to be the yes. way that it works. Well, because um, you would think that let's say you deal with uh, one GM 
them one day for something. And, you know, again, this is like a persisting problem that let's say it's harassment that goes over several months and you don't see anything happening. What I kind of wonder, and again, this is kind of, it's going to be entirely speculation on, on my point. If there's no type of overall documentation or, you know, uh, communication between people or, you know, between GMs, you get different GMs every time that could also relate to why sometimes, you know, these, these infractions go for so long before they're finally dealt with if they ever are. And, and I, you know, that's like, I think, think back to the days of, of final fantasy 11 and the ways that GMs would interact with us as players, you know, I, I, and it may, this may be, um, you know, a side effect of having a, a smaller community or a smaller game that's playing, but we used to hear all the time about like little fun things, like little human things that GMs would do. And I don't know if it's just, if it's across all games, whether it's just, you know, Square Enix internally wanting to, you know, have their, their, um, support system run like this but i feel like there has been a pulling back of like that human element and that a lot of punishments are done by the book uh, you know and and again like there was i feel like there was a concerted effort or there used to be a bigger concerted effort at games that had online components policing their own community that has been subsequently, I don't want to say downplayed or ignored, but in, in the years since that's become the norm for most games that it's just kind of been like, Oh, well, we don't have to worry about that as much. Like final no, fantasy. Yeah, you're, you're right. You see a lot less of that. I don't know if it was something that, that they went out of their way to do. I think in most cases it was players sharing, you know, their, their cool or, 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 or cute experiences with GMs because as uh peck mech, the first says some of the FF 14 GMs, RP with you and I think that's to, you oh, know. I was actually just going to bring that up I feel like every GM in both 11 and 14 always kind of RP and, like, greetings and, adventurer yes and know, in they, World they of Warcraft yep. and in World of Warcraft Wars, it's part of the brand you know they, they don't want to break the immersion technically so so yeah i get why they do that and, and yeah to 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 to, to uh, nero's point i think the reason you saw that a lot of time was when people did have fun with it they could sort of put that out there and yeah you got to see like a sort of you know different human side to it and I, you're right. I don't know when the last time was that I saw something like that, but based on the fact that it's usually players that leak those types of things, I don't necessarily know if you can put it on uh, the different companies for, for having scaled something back to affect that. I think like you talk about like Nero mentioned that uh, in, in 11, the GMs were a bit more, I don't know if they had more there. There were small things that they did that would, uh, uh, make it feel more like they had personality. They weren't just a yeah. machine coming to lay down the law on ah, you as mm. written by the book. Like, and I mean, like I've heard of, like ridiculous things. Like my buddy got married in FF11, and like at the end of it, as a prank, he got his girlfriend taken to GM jail. A GM agreed to appear and take her to jail at the end of their wedding. Like, okay. Oh, okay. I see. Where, whereas now, you know, they probably do actually have like a, a little sort of like list that they have to like, you know, follow, you know, things for like escalation and how each response is right. probably copy and pasted from every, something. Every interaction is very scripted. They, there's something mm -hmm. that they, they go by the book. It's like, okay, when you do this, then you say this, then you say this. Is, have you re resolved the problem? No. Okay. Then do this. Yes. Then end the conversation. Like mm -hmm. everything feels very scripted. And that's kind of where maybe the punishments have started to get kind of the same way. It's like, oh, okay. 
okay, you had some sort of infraction occur. Was it an infraction? Yes. Okay, here's your punishment. Do that. Whereas in the back in the day, yeah, your GM would talk to you for a little while. My one great like GM experience that I had was in 11, and I was uh, farming Bugards because I needed money, and I was poor, and I wanted a sweet new polearm. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, Wait, was was that was that like a, a metaphor for being transgendered? Probably, I was in college oh, okay. at the time. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I was farming Bugards, and there was another guy there who was a gill seller. Uh, I mean, he, or if he wasn't, he was cosplaying as one. He absolutely had all the uh, <laughs> the, the standard gill seller attire on, just high enough level thief to run around and go do that. You know. Okay, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to cut in your story, and I'm going to let you finish. But you know what? No, you do not get to label him like that because there was one time when I was hunting leaping Lizzie. Okay, right that uh me and a friend had gone out there she just barely had it leveled right we didn't want anyone like sending us any messages or asking us into parties so we went to a non yeah, we run like little on. mule jobs so you know so so like like uh ranger and stuff so we didn't have any gear so we we're wearing like the bare minimum you know we were really like glued to like watching that wide stand yeah. so we took off our link shell to make sure that nobody you know would send us any message or we, yeah. we, we, we wouldn't get distracted and there were people running around accusing us of being gill sellers because you know what we were dressed like them okay well <laughs> now you were cosplaying as a gill seller but let me tell you ask you something was your name as <laughs> No. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't think so. So anyway, I, I see this guy running around beating me to camps almost every single time. It's almost like he knew where things were getting ready to spawn. Anyway, uh, I started getting kind of annoyed with it. And just as a kind of snarky remark, I just uh, slash tell Nihau to him. And he replied. <laughs> he replied. He said Nihau back to me. And so I said, I, I was just kind of shocked. And after a while, he's like, like uh, you sell? Like, U-S-E-L. You sell? Uh, and I said, no. And he replied, I make gill. I sell. And so I called a GM, and the GM looked into it, and suddenly that guy disappeared. And I never saw him again. <laughs> now, part I think of me, he thought that you were a you, fellow friend. He wanted to share the agony of being stuck to a computer for 20 hours a day selling farming gill. Yeah, that's and you tried to give it, he tried to have a moment of respite, and you ruined it for him and got him banned. What an asshole. If that guy's family is probably starving right now because <laughs> he lost his job because he got banned, all because of you. How does that make you feel? Uh, or, well, he, or, he, or he just logged on to the same character, but with an extra Z on the end of it. Yeah, but here's no. the thing. I got a Mesrak, so, you know, it was fine. Oh, well, so long as you got what you wanted out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's selfish. That's what's important. So, uh, do you I guys... failed chemistry for that Mesrak, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I actually exclusively farmed that Mesrak while in chemistry class in college, and no, I did not pass. What's a Mesrak? It was That's the level pole 75 pole arm, that, uh, that, the big one that came out when uh, Treasures of Ergon hit. I'm, I'm assuming it was junk because I've never even heard of this. Yeah, no, I've never the, heard of that. It was the either. best purchasable I have heard at of the it. time. Yes. Oh, okay. When TOAU hit, it was the best one you could buy. I don't know, yeah, I don't know I why also, you didn't have a well, near. I also played Dragoon in TOAU, so that's probably why. Yeah. No, I didn't. So, do you guys then think that there is any type of problem with the way that Square Enix's uh, penalties are set up or the way that they police them? I mean, you know, I, I think I think it was actually uh, Marcus Kyler in the chat earlier uh, mentioning. Does it matter? Are there even enough people playing right now? But, to <laughs> of course it does. But I, I don't know. I feel like how many of us here, like out of all, the five of us or anyone you one you know in your close friend circle, has been falsely reported and then banned for it? Anyone we know? 
Mm, no. uh, see, not, not me. In fact, I don't actually know anyone who's been affected by punishments, but I do know a lot of people that have been affected by infractions that seem to have never gotten punished. Hmm. Okay. So I just feel like that for everyone to be like, yeah, it's just stupid that I got banned for being calling someone an asshole versus someone else who only had a one day for hacking. But I feel like, but that's when, you know, goes back to the whole story thing. Is it, is that really the reason you got banned? Because look at all of us who know no one, this has happened to, it hasn't happened to us. We're just a genuinely like decent person in the game and nothing has ever happened. So well, like, are yeah. you sure that like, that there's a problem with the punishment or is it just you? Yeah, like, no, I think in most cases when you hear stories like that, it does come down to not getting the full story because just like the, uh, uh, there was a overwatch post that went out about someone complaining that they had been permanently banned. Like they, they got an IP ban and they're like, for what, for, for, for saying a few like bad words in a match. And then Jeff Kaplan came in and goes uh, and was like, you know, I actually looked at your account and you received over 1000, uh, mm-hmm. uh, reports for, oh God. for harassment and language and stuff like that. That guy definitely was not giving all of the story. There was a, a rioter uh, for League of Legends who, for a while, like he was head of the player uh, uh, player relations, and his whole thing would be like people would like be complaining about their ban that they got, and he would get on there and be like, "Okay, well, I've looked into your account. Here's the chat logs that I specifically led me to ban you. Enjoy." <laughs> and he'd post them on the forums and let anyone see, and it became known wow. as smiting somebody. Became known as what? It became known as smiting somebody. Uh huh. Smite. Nika, what are you doing to Juxta? What? It's not Nika, I don't think. Oh, that's gross. There's a there's a row humping uh, Juxta. Oh, that's not me. That is definitely why would why the hell would I ever do that? I don't know. I thought that was you this whole time. I think no, it is absolutely not me. I think Juxta's a pretty cat boy. Yeah, but is I'm that you doing that? No. Well, Excuse no. me, I'm a pretty male cat girl. Thank you very much. Jeez, <laughs> oh, there is a distinction. Uh, I'm sorry, Anira, you were about to say something. Uh, no, it's gone now because you guys completely <laughs> fucking derailed sorry. it. So, um, so I, I, I had so, I had a point. I had something to add, but no, of course you did. We've still been talking about the same topic. It's sure. It's if, it's, relevant, if it right? comes back, just say everyone shut the fuck up. Uh, so in this thing, they actually outline some quote unquote potential solutions, which normally would, I think be a lot of, uh, would be pretty fair, but again, going based on the stories of the experiences that I've heard, I just feel like this allows for people who do exhibit really shitty behavior to get away from it for even longer, such as allow strikes on accounts to diminish over time. Um, allowing players to appeal their ban. That's something that, that, that should absolutely be allowed in there. Does anybody remember? Cause I think we talked about this and I think it caused a pretty big stir. Uh, someone had been inappropriately banned because of the way that their credit card interacted with the mog station. Yes. Yeah. Does anyone yeah. Remember, remember the story. Yeah. Yeah. And so this person like had, had tried to appeal in so many different ways, whether it was in game, whether it was through customer support of, of various ways and that there's basically nothing they could do. I don't think we ever heard about that being, uh, resolved in any way, shape or form. And to me, that type of thing is it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that something like that would happen and terrible, terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really uh, frustrating for something like, especially for Square Enix, who is notoriously bad at taking payments. They've never once had a system that you know, was like, very fuck good. Fuck Krista and all that stupid. 
<laughs> from Play Online to Krista to like, then you had the one where if you had a, uh, I think it was a Visa card that uh, you had to load up a separate website that could actually accept the Visa. Like you had to like get a, a text message or something like that. You had to use the Verify by Visa stuff too. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of Visa. places, but that's not just a Square Enix thing. But the thing is, is that like my, my mine always says like contact your bank to do it, and I'm like, but my bank doesn't actually but, have it. So it was really hard every time I've hit that roadblock. But verified by Visa, here's the thing: it never worked with Square Enix. Like most no, places, when I have to use verified by Visa, it works. With Square, it never did. Like I, I, this is the only game where I ever had to go into a Seven Eleven at one point to buy Krista on a card oh, so that I could God. actually play. <laughs> So when, oh someone, gosh. when someone then gets banned because of issues with that, yeah, I can see how that's immensely frustrating. And then when you call in, they're like, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. There needs to be something that you can do about it. Like if that right there doesn't show some of the disregard that this company has for their player base, I'm not really sure what other example to use to, to, to prove that point. Uh, one of the other things that they mentioned too is allowing different infractions to carry different penalties. I feel like I'm mixed on that. Like the idea that that cheating, profanity, and harassment all carry the same level. Uh, yeah, I guess it is kind of that dumb. bothers me too. Like if you're if you're just saying, "Oh, you're a fucking bad," get like, why don't you delete your character? Or like actually then taking like cheating right, the no, game no, mechanics no and should be given an infraction for saying you're a fucking bad. Delete your character. But like people say that they, that's harassment. That's like you're basically telling them to kill themselves digitally and. <laughs> No, but seriously, people will report you for that because you're harassing them. But then you can also no, oh, yes, no one yes, has ever will. tried to use the logic that you just told me to kill myself. Um, if, but you said no. They, but they'll say they were harassing me and told me to delete my character. They will. No. Okay. See now. Now here, here's one thing that I am. I am actually gonna gonna uh, uh, show my support for. Right. If someone's harassing you and you don't blacklist them. I have no sympathy for you. Now, I know that that doesn't necessarily solve the problem because people can just hop on a different characters. They can tell their link shell people for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but if they're on another server in a duty, what are you going to do? Then uh, you just wait till the duty's over? Yeah, but then you report them because they were an asshole. I don't think you can ban people for, for necessarily being assholes, but uh, I guess that's well, just me. Yes, you, yes, you can. You can definitely on. at least get temporary bans for calling people names. That well, is no, I, come on. I, I think I think that and and this is the point that I was going to make before is that I think, you know, in terms of community management, most games have gone from, you know, what we used to see uh, 10 years ago with something like Final Fantasy 11 have gone from a more personal and overseen system. And I think at least a portion of it is now automated, right? So mm -hmm. I think that there's now probably a couple of tiers when you have a GM call. There's stuff that can be automated. There's stuff that needs a person to at least look at it. And then there's some, there's like a third tier that, you know, someone actually gets involved. Whereas it feels like at least with, with you know with the way that games were run and specifically mmos were run 10 years ago that everything got the personal approach everything went to level three right out of the gate or there was a level two and then there was a level three like this automated part has as as seems to kind of be injected in there and so i think that that there's at least some problems that arise from that and i think that's where you see the verified by visa bans it's where you see you know um you know some of these more frivolous or weird bands that don't make sense and someone 
eventually comes along and rectifies that. But I think it does a disservice. And, and, and I, I understand that gaming companies don't have unlimited resources or unlimited, um, you know, uh, amounts of people that they can throw at a problem like this. I do, I do have sympathy for that. And I do understand that at least some of it needs to be automated. But because every fucking game these days has an online community or has an online service attached to it, that there is so much more moderating and adminning that needs to go on than there was back in 2006 that, you know, like, I, I feel like everywhere is just overwhelmed taking complaints and having to figure out if they're bullshit or not. Yeah. And that's not even taking into consideration people that are putting in calls, not even necessarily because someone else is screwing up, but you know, there was a bug you glitched into a wall and you can't get out or, or you lost an item or, or, you know, some, something like that too, because that adds a whole nother level of, of, of it onto, onto it that they also have to deal with. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there's also, you know, like we had talked about on final encounter cast, there's also potential uh, uh, for major abuse here, because if you get someone, you know, like, let's say, let's say that a lot of people got upset with something that I said on the show has nothing to do with behavior, but it does have something to do with FF 14. And they've decided to start reporting me to a GM in massive quantities, right? Like whoever oversees that GM call either has context for who I am as a personality or doesn't. And that context may be the thing between a permanent ban or not. And I don't think that that is justifiable or fair. No. If, if, Square, I, if Square Enix has a problem with something I say on the show, my character is not fair game for them. I don't think, and, and there is no, there's no, there's no statement in the terms of service. There's no, there's nothing that Square Enix can do to touch my character data or to make the decision like that justifiable. And I think that, you know, just being an outspoken part of 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 an mmo community right like that shouldn't be your only protection that you have there should be additional protections against people reporting you quote unquote in mass for something and and until we know how you know exactly those those mechanisms operate and we may never know because square enix is not obligated to tell us mm -hmm. then you know, I think it's it's hard for us without knowing the full context of the data that Square Enix can pull up and and exactly the context of of every situation for us to sit here and say, you know, with with a you know with a, a wide um, you know with a a wide swath or not whether you know bans or any kind of action is justified. Well, I mean, we, we, I think we can, uh, you're right. We don't know exactly what's taken into account, but when you do go to make reports, they do always say, you know, uh, give us the exact date and like time frame that it happened. So you're right. Something people like uh, reporting you en masse just because they don't like you on the show. I don't think unless there was a GM that had a personal vendetta against you or whatnot that you or didn't know who I, or didn't know who I was. Right. Or, I don't think that know. would escalate in any way because where would people be pointing them to, you know, he said a bad thing. Well, where? Because what's outside of the game has nothing to do with Square Enix. Yeah, they're not going to do that at all. Like, and it's going to be botting on Twitch and it won't matter because their only source is outside of the game. Yeah, and if they were to point out like, oh, okay, let's all just say, you know, this is what he said at this point. Well, they're going to go and look for that if, you know, 15, 20 people are reporting you for something and giving timestamps for it. They're going to see that it's bullshit and bogus.
No, I totally, I, I mean, th th and that's what you think those that those are all the mechanisms that you think should kick in when yeah. something like this happens but we uh, you know without knowing the internals of the company we actually don't know that that's what happens right. like you don't know like what gets caught up automated and what gets exactly. what actually goes before gm's uh, eyes and and not not just that not just the automated thing but if if it goes in front of the gm do they have a context for what is humor or what is not humor do they have a context for you know like because if someone heard me say eh, you know fuck square enix they don't know what they're doing this game is a pile of shit like someone may someone who works with them may take real umbrage to a statement like that but it's in no way a bannable offense. There is very strict in terms of if you actually read the terms of service, there are very strict actions that can qualify you for a ban. And mm -hmm. saying some shit mm -hmm. on a live stream or a podcast is not one of them. Yeah, yeah. God, you know, that's a really, really good point. And going back to, you know, all the stories that, again, we talked about years ago, specifically with, with some close friends of mine, you know, their harassment went on for so many months. And every time they would report it, what they would basically get from the GM is, oh, well, just block them. And it's like, I, I do. I block every character they make, every mule they make, and it's nonstop. They always keep coming back. And it's like they have this very, very, like you said, loose sort of uh, rules that they have to follow in a very, very strict, small per, you know, uh, percentage of, of rules that could actually get someone banned. Because, yeah, the, the harassment was absolutely ridiculous and went on for months. Well, and we saw that happen with the person over the uh, – they undercut someone on the market board and uh, look, got looked up by their retainer and was being harassed by a whole free that's company. The friend, that's the friend that I was oh, talking about. that friend. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yep. And mm -hmm. that's, like, that's a freaking nightmare, but there's only very specific – things that can be you know banned over this is where you need to let your gms have a little bit of leeway to be able to look at a situation and use some common sense and say well okay you're right technically that's not letter of the law in there but that's absolutely ridiculous but at the same time you know and this is what was frustrating about it in that particular case they were just playing the game like like once they actually stopped with the like verbal abuse sure they were just they were just playing the game Tenor Martin in the chat uh, saying, to be fair, in that case, they wouldn't go after the characters in the game. They'd go after the actual podcast, which is that's the proper mechanism to to kick in. Definitely. Right. If I ever said something on the show that Square Enix had a problem with, I'd expect an email, not a character tell. Right. Like if Matt Hilton wanted to get a hold of me, he would not find my when I'm fucking logged on to 14 and send me a tell. He'd send me an email. Right. And that's that's how it's supposed to mm -hmm. happen. We would right? expect we'd expect a C and D long before a character <laughs> banning. Right. <laughs> and 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 we would assume that most GMs at this point are probably pretty familiar with what our product is, because you know, most of the community team is pretty familiar pr familiar with what this show is and what we do. So yeah, you're right. Like if there was a problem with something I said, I'd expect to be contacted outside of the game but what happens when you muddy those waters just a little bit and that's what i'm saying like the the fact like it needs to be crystal clear what is bannable and what isn't and hell uh, we've seen this very malleable definition of what is uh bannable in terms of your forum uh oh, you know, your, oh my god that's your horrible forum behavior mm -hmm. Our and, I, I, but, the, 
stand for potato racism. Exactly. Well, and and that's the thing is that, you know, if Square Enix wanted to, if they thought it benefited their bottom line, they could be that overzealous with their adminning and their modding and their banning. Mm. but they're not like they they make that choice to not be because you know you get if you get this huge reputation of banning all of your fucking players that tends to not go very well for you well but, plus you ban players in the game you're losing money you ban them on the forums who cares that's true too that's true too but i mean if you want to kind of extrapolate how bad it could get that's how that's exactly how bad it could get unless Unless it's complete, it is totally crystal and clear and defined what is a bannable offense versus what is not, then I think that you end up doing a disservice to the bottom line of trying to attract people to your game. And yeah, you're right. Square Enix is hugely, hugely cognizant of the fact that banning a huge swath of your players is going to probably not really sit very well with your players or long-term fans of your game. But uh, you know, let's let's try to let's try to um, relate this back to something that we actually saw happen in Final Fantasy 11 where we saw the salvage dupe bannings mm. right <laughs> oh and, yes and and at the time we were able to get an entire show out of that we had uh, Sonoma from uh, Order of the Blue Garter come right, on we did. It, was a, it was a great episode mm-hmm. we had a great conversation about that but let's say something similar happened now with FF14 where someone was able to dupe an item the Eureka dupe banning First of all, would it be as big of a deal? No, because it's mostly points that we have to spend to be able to acquire an item. Also, we don't need three items. You know, like it's it's not structured the same way. So duping an item, there's no items that are powerful enough, except for maybe raid items. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like that's the only it, it would be could, Yeah, could because it was they, they would dupe it in the treasure pool. So, right. so then multiple people could roll on the same item. But the way that BIS works in, a, in sort of this kind of fundamental way is that you're cobbling your gear together from multiple sources. So even if one system does have an exploit like a dupe, you're not going to be able to create 100% BIS gear out of that one system. Well, even well, 11 was that way too, though. Like just because salvage dupe, you'd true. only use one or two salvage pieces, okay. you wouldn't use them all. Think, of it, this, think of it this way, Nika. If you did it in FF11, that was a piece of gear you have forever now. Whereas in FF14, oh, they duped those weapons. Well, you know what? In two months, when the new patch comes out, it's not going to matter. So a ban in response to something like this isn't going to get the amount of reaction or traction inside of the community community internally that a ban like the salvage dupe bans did. I don't know. I think it still would be because if your character is banned forever for duping something in like Diadem, I think it would cause a big flipping. Well, deal. here's the thing, though. Like a ban on your. Think about when Salvage came out, when that was going on, in, you know, mid to late TOAU. If you got banned then as a character who was able to do Salvage, you had hundreds, a lot of shit. Hundreds, just, days upon days upon months of time invested in that character. Whereas you can get a max level character BIS in this game way, way faster. For like 30 bucks? If, right. If but, I if I lost my character that was you know ready to go for salvage, that's representative of years of my life to get to there. Right, but then you have to wonder too about the investigation that went into it because I c- couldn't stop saying enough how grateful I was that for some reason my link shell never heard about the salvage bans until it was too late. Because if they had, 
I guarantee you I would have been in a party that had duped. And, yeah, actually, and the thing is, is that it's not just the instigators or the, the leaders that were doing it in secret. It was everyone in the party when it was duped was banned, whether you had any idea your leaders were doing it or not. And I think that also caused an issue with people like having no idea what was going on. I'm like, Hey, why do we have extra in the, in the loophole? That's cool. Maybe there was a glitch or something. And it, and then just went on your day and then you got banned. And that really isn't fair either. In my opinion. Well, that's because back in FF 11, I don't know that there was even, I mean, I mean, for all we know there could have been some HIPAA point system, whatever, but, but when it came to the salvage dupings uh, in, in particular, yeah, I think that that was just an across the board. It was, it was anyone anyway. who was in a party when it happened. Yeah, That's whereas I don't think you, I don't think you'd see that in FF14 because again they seem to have, or again can't confirm this, but they seem to have more of like a the one two three strike rule, and again you know profanity, cheating, harassment, all kind of falls under. But I'm pretty sure category. exploiting a bug in the game without reporting it on purpose is still bannable, isn't it? Without two warnings first. Well, really, they can say whatever they want to say is or isn't bannable. But, you know, it comes down to, I think, with Square Enix money, because I think that in FF14, if you find out that there's some type of dupe trick, even if it's for, you know, Ultimate Bahamut coming out, does it really matter? I mean, in terms of patching an exploit and fixing your code for your game, yeah, it matters. Does it disrupt the community to the point that something like the salvage dupe bans would or the salvage duping exploit would impact the FF 11 community. No, because the, here's the thing is that gear when, when you consider gear, right? Like there is the statistical advantage that each piece gets you, but there's also a statistic on how much, output that gear like how many pieces of gear are out there and circulating in the community and i think that I think is nothing that, sellable either i feel like in the other game a true. lot of stuff is so much sellable and i also think not only i don't think the biggest deal is the fact that the gear gets replaced quickly i think that that's not really the issue right? i think because that would still cause you to like kill things way earlier than you should be able to and yada yada that's still a big deal i think but the, the reason is not but i think the reason is not as big of a deal is because there's less competitive aspect in this game in general but like, all if you're competing in rating you're competing with your own self to get better you're not competing with other players but all of the salvage gear right had uh, it, it first of all was rare ex so that Correct. there was and, there was there no was there pieces. was no there was no marketable like there was no secondary market on that stuff except for the mats that you needed to be able to craft it right mm -hmm. yeah so so in that way I think that we can take the economic impact out of both equations That's okay fair. All right. So now what we have is we have output of gear. How much of that piece of gear is out there floating around in the community? Because if you have something that has a very low output or has a very large, um, uh, uh, initial, um, what's the initial investment that's required, you're like how much that one piece affects the overall stat curve changes because if you only have three pieces out there among the entire community well that's not going to affect the entire community now is it it's going to affect three parties total ever mm -hmm. right okay but ff14 doesn't follow that same core uh design philosophy where you can have pieces of gear that have such low percentage of output for players to actually get them that it that this that stats wise it ends up impacting 
how we play. That has been what I've encouraged with things like glory gear or, or, you know, um, over eye leveled gear, putting that stuff in early because then you would have a little bit more of that, but it also makes for a little bit more of an unbalanced gameplay environment, especially for those three parties or those few people that are able to get that item in the first place, right? So you've got, you've got a problem where FF14 doesn't think enough about its gear to make pieces that even feel that special, where people feel compelled to want to dupe them in the first fucking place. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what I mean by nobody cares. Of course, Square Enix is going to care because this is the coding for their game and they want that to be rock solid. Right. But I don't think in terms of the community, anyone would give a shit because as, as we've already pointed out, we're on to the next thing in three months anyway. I don't think that there would be enough investment for people to care about getting that piece in the first place to find the exploit. Because with the salvage pieces, I know for the, to make one piece of gear, you had to pick up three different pieces, like a level yes. one, level two, and a level three. And then also with the level three ones, wasn't there only like a 50% chance of it even dropping from the NM or something? It, it was it was super, super low. And in most or 20%, like it dropped off enough, but not every time nowhere near every time oh no it, i think it was even lower than that and in most cases you had to make the concerted uh decision to go a specific way in order to yep. see that so you yeah. same thing with dynamics you would sacrifice some nms that drop very specific artifact gear for other ones or if you wanted to like clear the boss you'd have to sacrifice other nms that would drop certain gear so there was a, a trade-off there oh, which yeah. i think Absolutely. Which, you know, is how DM really should have been. You could choose to do gear or other things, but well, when you were in Dynamis, like you asked at the beginning, is it a clear night or is it a, a farming night? And that was a very different experience and a very different run for each night. If it was a clear night, I mean, if you already had the clear, you could expect that it wasn't going to be a very exciting night for you. No. <laughs> But even I, still, I know with like Dynamis boasted Dean, I think it was like there were still like three different paths to take to farm. Like if you went after this one NM, it would take so much of your time with like crowd control and sleeping and like sacky pulling and everything to get to that NM that you're not going to go the other route to farm anything else. Like it was you were farming for somebody's relic barred horn and that was what you were doing that night. Like, and that was it. <laughs> well, and uh, I like there there's I, I've seen a couple of people mention this, but like there are. Uh, you know, speed hacks and stuff that that I've seen raiders complain about, PVPers complain about, that Square Enix almost seems like they're not really doing anything about, right? Like, we had the that PvP whole... PvP one was bad. The PvP one was really bad, and the FF logs um, uh, was also... There was... I, I remember at least one or two things around people calling out other people on FF logs for having impossible parses. I, I remember there was that one guy in PvP who was, like, using Palmanders from Palace of the Dead like turning people into things right Right. but like but like uh, the thing is is that like we and 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 i don't know again this may be just kind of the current nature of of how stuff is and how social media is but like it's 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 sort of like we move off of that shit so quickly that it's like dude none of those none of those players feel like they're punished right like with the salvage bands they went way the far fuck out of their way to let every player know this is fucked up if you do it you're gonna be banned but it's like you see videos of this shit and then it's like oh yeah haha they'll be banned and of course they will be banned but as a hacker they don't give a shit 
They're not going to care. So it feels like, you know, like Square Enix even had the anti-RMT task force. You guys remember that shit? Whatever happened happened to FF14's anti-RMT task force, Square Enix? Why the fuck in Stormblood do I still have dudes in Limsa Lominsa shouting fucking fucking, like replace H with with, you know, the number four and like all of that shit for gill spamming and all of those dudes dudes just are able to make a new account and spam again like it's I, funny because a lot of that had gone away during heaven's word and now it's back with a vengeance and i just yes! don't know what they're doing now that's preventing that from actually take, being taken care of I, but that's and and i think that's my point is that there's no consistency across the board right like it should be easy enough to figure out who's spamming a gill mess uh, you know a gill selling uh website into fucking shout chat and be able to ban them fairly quick i mean i don't get tells anymore at least but it's Thank all fuck. the spams the same like i report every single person that i see but my blacklist is full i have to continually delete old accounts to add more to my blacklist. Yes. it's so annoying and i'm always in limps like crafting something or doing something and it's just it's Oh God! It's it's, it's irritating. It's, it's fucking horrible. annoying. See, I, I never notice them as much anymore, and, and it might be because I have no, like a special. Limsa Aetherite is horrible. Well, I have a special it's chat box uh, set up to where I just don't see shouts at all. But on that point, something else that I don't think we see as much of nowadays. And again, I don't know if it has to do with uh, you know the way that Square Enix handles it, or if just maybe the economy and the market for it isn't there anymore. But back in FF11, how often would you see you know big announcements because of mass purgings? of rmts and like how much money was taken on the economy compared to how much you see now we, we've seen maybe like two in the last year or so yeah no the last couple of years two, well and I, I mean also with this game like when you, when you were in 11 and you saw you know billions of gill taken out of the economy that was going to have a tangible effect on how you played the game if billions of gill getting taken out of the economy happens now uh, it doesn't matter nobody cares i was going to say maybe that's the reason maybe you know because you don't really use gill all that much in ff14 maybe for the rmt there's just not much profit in it yeah no the the day that the the first uh, humongous banning happened where it took like like a trillion gill or something ridiculous out of the economy I, I was rich overnight because I had just dropped all my killing gear. Like, I had a scorpion harness and a noble's tunic to sell at that point. It was a happy day for me. And that completely changed, like, where I was, like, positionally in the game. My status in the game changed overnight. That could never happen in 14. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, like, like uh, I mean, the conversation's kind of switched a little bit now. But, yeah, uh, I mean, over, oh, well, no, I think it was still on topic. And, and this was definitely a lot more uh, interesting, too, the, the, the parallels that we've drawn. But, I mean, overall, do you guys think that Square Enix has a problem with the way that they police stuff or, or you know, needs to undergo some type of, of upgrade? Um, I think it could, pro- I mean, I think it could probably be better overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I say that is I feel like Square Enix has done so much to adjust their gameplay values to try to get out in front of this. Like, like I feel like Gil is almost worthless as a result of Gil sellers being a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, they've, they've created things like tomes and arbitrary point systems oh, yeah. for us to have to use to get gear and, and other shit. Right. And, and you know, the more, the more that you get, the more variety of currencies that you get in any game, like you can pretty much chalk that up to 
an attempt to try to circumvent a problem. Well, right? it's a, like, a non tradable what... currency, is the thing. Like that, yes. that currency, it's, it can only ever be on your character. And so, yes, right. uh, I see, I was completely misunderstanding your point at first. But yes, it, rather than combat RMT, they've said, well, let's just take what RMT want to use and make it not worth anything, make it not exactly. worth their time. Exactly. But there's a fundamental problem there, though, is that if your economy works off of five different types of currencies, but you can only exchange one between players, then you don't really have an economy. That's a false economy. That's a fake economy. And and the bigger issue also is that when the one currency that you can't exchange can't buy the best stuff or the one that you can't exchange can't buy the best stuff. That's right. fr- that's immensely frustrating. Like that's why you look at Gill and people just kind of laugh at the idea of it. Yeah, sure, it's there for glamour and it's there for building your house and decking that out, but that's it's really kind of it. Like people like people wore a scorpion harness in FF11 because it changed how good you were at the game, not because it looked good. It looked like butt. And and that's the thing is I I just I don't understand how we or 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 you know like how game developers have kind of lost lost sight of that right right um well and i don't think all game developers have but i there are definitely more mmos today that have gone away from trying to actually maintain an economy and to an extent i understand it maintaining and balancing an economy is a scary daunting thing to do but it's also one of the things that makes MMOs kind of unique and interesting. Like, think about EVE Online. Think about how much different that game would look without ISK being such an important factor in it. Right. And 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 I feel like you've got to roll the dice. If You know, if you're a game developer, dude, like, you've got to at least put some faith in your economy. Because I feel like FF14 is particularly bad about that. Because there... I mean... Even in Stormblood, right? Like going from 60 to 70. I don't think I ever looked at the market boards once. Is that strange? That's strange for an MMO, right? It yeah. is. The yeah. only time that I did it when I hit 70 and I wanted to have, you know, the highest item level possible at the time. And because I had 40 million gil, I went and bought the high quality crafted version of whatever the best gear was. Boom. And it did not cost me that much, guys. I did. I looked at the market board for the purposes of buying food for raid and and on my alt to buy uh, furnishings. Never oh, for gear. Gl- gl- glamour crystals. And glamour crystals. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Make your own glamour crystals. Ugh, but that takes time. It time, does. And time, is money. time is money, friend. Time is money, friend. Yeah, but money's worthless. Some time is worthless. <laughs> Damn it. Mm. He's got us. <laughs> you just got a scallion. Oh, that never happens. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds gross. Mm, fair <laughs> point. You feel sticky. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Nate, you definitely bring up some some great points. Um, I don't know that uh, it needs to be. Impr- there are places they could improve on it. Obviously, I think in, in any case, there's always places where you can improve on it. But I don't think that there's a, a need to improve on any except for maybe you know uh, allowing people uh an easier appeals process right like this idea that that you know when it comes like the 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 visa pay thing that you can have your account banned and you know when you talk to people all they tell you is oh we can't help you there needs to be a place that if they can't that they can send you to so you can find the help you need to get back into the game Right, it's absolutely ridiculous that your payment could fail one month and then you're gone forever. 
like that yeah. like there's there's it's unacceptable for you to be able to say look i i made a very simple mistake it's nothing not a problem it's just you know you should cancel my service or just like someone's bank doesn't like right. thought it was fraud right. or and something it's, and it's not and like, saying, I, I, you know hey i want to be able to play without paying no no i just here you're it's fine yeah, that what I can do they think right that person was actually doing like trying to cheat the payment system or something exactly like what like, like what come are you, on who are you i've given you my money game? and you've banned me or I'm trying to give you my money. Please don't yeah. ban me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, they absolutely do need a way of having you know, someone you can go to who is the, the ultimate authority at the end of the day who can say, oh, yeah, that's silly. Sorry, we'll fix that for you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think on the ban side, they need an appeals process. Yep. For sure. And then on the enforcement side, um, that they just need some more transparency. And and obviously this isn't a big deal because it's not I mean, like, I don't think it is a big conversation, right? right like this no. is kind of a one off article by MMO Examiner, who we've already said is a article. Yeah, most most time is a pile of garbage anyway. Right. But, but yeah, you're right. If we're gonna make a top ten list of FF 14s problems, this does not crack it. Yeah, I I, I don't see GMs or enforcement being anywhere near the top of that at all. Um I, I think you know I think what we get in FF14 is industry standard. I think that's that, fair. That's a good way of that, putting it actually. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's that is that is what has been established as acceptable for other games, for similar games, and there's no reason that FF14 or Square Enix should have to go to added lengths to, you know, like they 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 should not have an additional expectation on them. That's not on any other. Mm-hmm. Online game. Yeah. I mean, they have a hard enough time delivering, you know, content to us right now. Imagine if they had to update their policies and procedures, right? Yeah. Well, that's horrifying to think about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that out of the way, the, the, this next thing, it's, it's a lot more fun. This is going to be a oh, lot good. more fun of a discussion here. And it's not normally something we do on this show. This is uh, very much like an FEC or, or even checkpoint type stuff. But we actually made this particular list, not not us as, you know, Limit Break Radio, but us as a community that, you know, no, that's never going to (laughs) happen. MMORPG.com released a list of the 10 greatest MMORPGs of all time, the 2017 edition. And I thought this would be cool to go through for a few reasons. The first is, yes, Final Fantasy XIV did make the list, but also... (laughs) I'm sorry, is that a little sour in your mouth there, Escalia? It didn't taste good. And I know about things not tasting good. Okay, yeah. Uh, But the other other thing that I thought would be cool about is obviously between the lot of us, we played a lot of different MMOs. And I think, and I feel like, especially since Stormblood's release, we've done a lot of comparisons between FF14 and other MMOs. So I thought that this might uh, maybe point us in a few different directions or, or bring up some topics that we maybe wouldn't have uh, thought of before. Because obviously, you know, we've compared it to World of Warcraft and maybe even, you know, because of Ascalia, a Star Wars game or something, right? Sure. Yeah. So here now, we go. Wait, We're going to start. Hold up. This what, is what? of all time. So this isn't like, this is considering like when they, what the things were like when they released and you know, it's all in the moment. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It says the ten greatest MMORPGs of all time. Okay, I just don't want to hear like you know great MMOs of old be like not in there because like oh the graphics aren't very good by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Like, well, now, now they they do say in the article these are merely our own thoughts put to paper. Uh, you know, they didn't uh, uh, use any type of catalog or polls or anything like that, right? Okay. Okay. 
So, uh, number 10, Final Fantasy 14. Oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> were you expecting me to be a little higher? I thought it might be like six. <laughs> at least six. You know what, though? Damn it. I'm so happy that it's number 10 because now we get nine games that we get to laugh that are better. <laughs> Bottom of the bucket. Um, and, 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 and the reason I think we can probably all agree with, and it says if for no other reason, FF 14 deserves a spawn list for being the only MMORPG that was ever dead on arrival, only to be shut down and resurrected into something truly sublime. That is hundred percent true. That's yeah. fair. Uh, that is 100% true. And, and if for no other reason, FF 14, um deserves its place in a, an mmo history for that Absolutely yeah and i mean does. you're right like a development project like an mmo should in theory tank a company oh you god yeah the whole fucking company <laughs> which i mean which two failed mmos did not tank their company uh ff14 and sutor that's it wait was sutor a failed mmo it tanked so hard on launch yeah yeah, and I feel like a lot of Sword Tours still even is like, yeah, if you went it for the story, play for the story, and then quit. That's like, still, exactly what it is. It's still going, though, right? It's free-to-play. It is. It has a free-to-play well, no, okay. free model, but there's still a pay-to-play model along with That's it. That's different, then. I think the question is, when an MMO fails, like, like, like it's done, they're going to shut it down, is that company still going? Yeah, I mean, I, I would still call it a massive failure. Well, wait, but what That's company fair. was technically behind Sword Tour? Well, that's what I mean. It was like, uh, you know, it, it's an EA thing, so like they can float it. Like it's Square yeah. Enix and EA, that they can float. Was that. that part of the like? Was it Lucas Games or whatever uh, the original Star Wars? Because that whatever the Star Wars game company has been dismantled by Disney, so that is no uh, longer a so thing. Maybe they didn't survive. Uh, <laughs> the Old Republic was. Uh oh. It was Bioware. Oh no. Oh no, that's right. Going. Well, no, the Old Republic was Bioware, not Star. Like or um. Not nice yeah. of the old republic. We're talking the old republic. The, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I it's Kotor knew it was Bioware. Kotor was Bioware. Yeah. So I did, yeah, it's it's EA and Bioware. So by the way, some of the honorable mentions on here, I want to say just because I don't like that, like Final Fantasy X just barely missed, or Final Fantasy XIV just barely missed being one of these honorable mentions. We've got Asheron's Call, Lord of the Rings Online, The Secret World, Rift, Black Desert, Meridian 59, Lineage 1 and 2, EverQuest 2, Planet Side, Maple Story, RuneScape, and Sutor. So uh, 14 beat all of those ones. Yeah, so none of those are going to be on the rest of this list, guys. Okay. Well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad uh, we're better than Lineage 1. So, it, but the, RuneScape, I played this, that in high school. This, this actually goes on to say that uh, FF14 is loved by millions of Final Fantasy fans across the globe. FF14 is a testament to what a studio can do with care for its fans, reverence for its IP, a focus on core ideals, and polished. Do you guys think this person actually plays the game? I think that that's what it was for its relaunch and maybe even Heaven's Word. But now because they've discovered their safe spot, they're too afraid to take risks, even when it's when their players want it. And and we've we've talked about that a million times. And I think that that's where now, if you look at FF14 as a launch, as an MMO, it's actually it's a fantastic MMO. It should be on this list. But when you look at where it is in Stormblood in terms of development and what their future plans are, we as players can see that it's not that great. Anyone on the outside looking in is not going to see this. That, that's actually well, fair, Nika. You're, you're right. Like that description of the game is absolutely 2.0 launch. It is not what, yes. we, what we have now. 
I totally and I totally uh, uh, agree with that, that I think, you know, when A Realm Reborn launched, they really struck the right balance between catering to the long term fans of the Final Fantasy franchise and making a good MMO. They yep. did both. They did both of those things. And even still at this point, anyone I see who is like thinking about picking up 14 only hears good things. They're like, yeah, I hear it's a fun MMO. A lot of people play it. Like I heard that it sucked and now it's good. Like people on the outside only see that view of 14. It's just us who are so invested. Like our whole self is invested and we see the developers because we've been there from the beginning and we see how the developers started on a high and they're slowly drooping. It's us that's sitting here with that very critical view. Anyone making a list like this is not going to see that. Yeah, and to, the game hasn't changed at all on the six years that we've been playing it. Right, exactly. That too. That too. Stagnation is a big thing. Stagnation is a big knock against any MMO, and it's a because, that almost every MMO faces at some point. Yes, I mean, and and regardless, regardless of whether or not you are repeating content like like fourteen is doing, right? Like. Right. Every MMO, no matter what, is either, I mean, it's got a certain window of time where it's going to be, you know, the most playable. And, you know, if, if it, you know, if you, if you disappoint on content too, like, dude, there's very few people are going to want to stick it out with you. Well, and I mean, like stagnation is such a problem for MMOs. And that's why, like when, when Cataclysm happened in World of Warcraft, I wasn't big on World of Warcraft at the time, but I respected that move where they at least looked at it and said, this world is stale as fuck. Well, and that was one of the first times that I think a big MMO, like sort of double down and was like, we're going to change everything. And if you didn't experience what was there before too bad, you're never going to see it. It's gone. Exactly. And I I really respected that at the time because they took a game that was already going on 10 years old and said, okay, you know what? Maybe it's time to do something new with it. And I like 14, you're going to be getting to that point sooner than you're happy about because mm. you're not going to last 10 years to get to that point. You're there now. You were yeah. there six months ago. So yeah. it's time to do something original. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, did any of you guys play number nine here? Does anybody who actually played it want to read number nine? I'll do it. Uh, number nine is city of heroes. Uh, let's see. And he says he doesn't want to make the next two games in memoriam, but it might be unavoidable. <laughs> Uh, like everyone knows city of heroes has been, uh, shut down, unfortunately. And it's, uh, it's really been the, the best one. He says it's a hidden section of gamer that wasn't just into D and D it's so missed to this day that there are a handful of independent fan projects looking to carry its mantle until then the fans of city of heroes can only play their favorite NPCs and NCSoft's uh, MXM. Now, I I never actually played city of heroes, but the, the, the idea or the concept of it was uh, you know, obviously being like a huge Marvel and comic book fan was always a, a, a cool idea to me. Did any of you guys actually play it? I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Joe Dude. would have, uh, you know what? Uh, I did not play city of heroes. I did DC universe, which was a horrible oh. choice. Cause I had the option of either one of them and I picked wrong. Yeah, you did. I played city of heroes and I thought it was really, really fun. I've, I made, I didn't get that very high level. Cause it was just so much fun playing different heroes and different classes and stuff and just making the new heroes. I was going to say, is, is that what they did? Did they actually have classes in that game? Yeah, like you had uh, different like classes. Like you had Blaster, which is like a... Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I, yeah, Bruiser, I guess. Bruiser, which was like a melee and stuff. Yeah. How, do you, how do you do gear in that game if you get to pick what you look like, though? Uh, basically, like, gear was kind of like, uh, I guess, like, glyphs, where you just, like, kind of attach into, like, your 
like into like this so like thing. materia runes that kind of yeah thing. yeah oh. like, it didn't affect you personally but like you could like enhance like your special like you, how much damage you did or how fast a spell or well, an ability casted or mm-hmm. what have you all right well question for you then city of heroes better than ff14 <sighs> you know probably Hold I mean, it's, on. Been, it's, it's been a long time since i've actually been able to play city of heroes and i didn't get to a very high level i was gonna say is there there i feel like there could be like a little bit of conflict here because where you're at with final fantasy 14 mm-hmm. is obviously gonna affect the way that you're looking at a game that you didn't even necessarily you know actually yeah you know what no i'm gonna say 14 is a better game than city of heroes was because the story and how invested i was in 14 outweighs city of heroes and i didn't i didn't really get attached too much to city of heroes i never got to like even like remotely a high level in it but uh it's city of heroes is a lot better than than it's uh got shut down for okay so one more question what was your hero's name <laughs> uh my highest level guy <laughs> Uh, I had a, I'll tell you my second character first. Uh, my second character's name was Love Cheetah, and <laughs> she had bright blue hair, and she wore like a leotard that was completely like leopard print, and she looked like she was naked, and she was a healer. All right, blue but, hair? Yeah, blue hair. Uh, I don't and know. With I, a ponytail. Yeah, okay. I don't know, but, but just for some reason, describing that character, I'm picturing a scalia in my head. No, but she, a leopard Love print. Che- so no, Love Cheetah is a scalia. Okay, fair enough. I am uh, but my main character was, uh, he had a cigar and like a little uh, beret, a red beret, and he was, hmm, he was also completely naked. <laughs> uh, and he had blue skin, but like red pulsy veins, and I named him uh, like Lieutenant Cold or Lieutenant Frost or something. Oh he my <laughs> you made snart. <laughs> I did. But he was like military because he had like a beret and like a cigar and stuff. Oh, you are so bad. I was high school, man. Okay. I could barely read at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Scalia, uh, you should probably do this next one. Yeah? yeah, absolutely. So number eight, Star Wars Galaxies. Absolutely. Uh, they say Star Wars Galaxies no, was a mess at launch, but goddamn what a beautiful mess it was. It was a Star Wars fan's dream game, a living, breathing universe to start life in a whatever kind of sc- or start life as whatever kind of scoundrel, farm boy, dancer, or pilot you wanted to be. And yeah, they they describe it really accurately. Player made villages, horizons as far as the eye could see, and it really was genius for how stupidly hard it was. It was like the FF eleven of Star Wars MMOs. So was was this more akin to like how Eve or or you know Ashes of Creation you know want stuff to be like player driven? Was that sort of the the idea behind it? It was very player driven. I mean, don't get me wrong; they offered a lot of stuff. It wasn't completely player driven, but there were yeah, whole villages did pop up that were run by people, and you could you know they could side with the Empire, they could be resistance, full of scoundrels, like whatever you, whoever was in charge of that village, whatever they wanted it to be, that's what it was. Uh, and th- like it, it was glitchy as all hell. But like, dude, there's mm. so much like fun random stuff you could do. And as uh, Ryoku's adequately pointing out, then they added Jedi and everything went to hell because. Oh my god! I like I never played this game before, but even I like heard the ripples that adding Jedi had to the game. Wasn't it something like you couldn't even select it? Like you had, you had to, to like earn it. Be- 
Yeah, you had to earn it, and like that's it was like kind of, kind of random. Kind of cool though. So yeah, no, that you had to cool. you had to go through an inanely long quest line with some unbelievably uncommon drops to become force sensitive, and then begin getting yeah. trained, and then finally crafting your lightsaber. And it was extraordinarily difficult, and because it was extraordinarily difficult, it was extraordinarily powerful. So anyone who oh, did no. have one was broken. I was going to say, it sounds kind of like like what, you know, relic weapons in FF11 were. And when you became a Jedi, uh, all the the Empire would hunt you down and put bounties on your head. So you had to have people from your group trying to help <gasps> you level so, up. That is so cool. It was awesome. So here's the problem. Then a couple years later, they said, this is really hard. And they just let anyone be a Jedi from creation. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it was a game that Death was great stroke. for so long. It was great for so long. Wow! And then it went uh, came out back in 2003. I'm looking at screenshots right now. Wow! It doesn't it look like a mess? <laughs> yeah. It looks like hot garbage. But dude, oh my god! I'm telling you, this game was so much fun for a time. Uh, like I remember doing the uh, going to fight the Night Sisters, uh, and we're all just like I'm still like relatively low level and kind of new to Endgame. But I'm there with them, and I'm a little bit too close. And one of them just kind of like glances over in my direction. Uh, they're like, they're like character model like shifted a little towards me and then uh, like nothing happened everyone kind of like took a deep breath and then she just reached out and started grabbing me by the neck and just force choked me to death oh nice so yeah. did did uh, did you ever become a Jedi I did not ever become a Jedi I never even got close Aww. Star Wars Star Wars Galaxies was um, an amazing example of a MMO that made you feel like you were playing in the star Wars world. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. It did not, it did not go out of your, uh, out of its way to make you feel like the story was revolving around you. It made it feel like you were picked up and put into a digital version of what star Wars is. It's like the least theme parky MMO that I can think of. And that you you played it too. Then I assume Nate. No, I, I mean, I knew I, I knew enough about it to know that I couldn't let it consume my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. If I had ever, if I had played it, it would have, it like, it would have ruined me. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, it was one of those that was so deep and so intricate that I was like, I can't, I can't even devote brain capacity to trying to figure this out and especially because wow. ff11 was being played by all of us at the time too like there's no yeah. way you could have done both and in, indeed when i was playing galaxies i wasn't playing 11 it was one or the other mm-hmm. uh but uh what i really enjoyed about galaxies and it's much to nero's point is it did such a good job of making you feel like you were just part of that world it's the only game i've ever seen like the the role play rate in that game was so high and not because yep. people were actively trying to role play you just felt like you were part of that world you couldn't help yourself so much of the time mm-hmm. it was I mean, like, that's, a, that's a thing like there was like a, a class called dancer in the game where you had to like sit and like the dancer would buff you before you went out into the world and guess what mm-hmm. or if you wanted to you could go dra- dance in the cantina and earn money <laughs> yeah really that's yeah. that's so cool that you had so many different options like that dude mm-hmm. if you wanted to be a beast master in that game you had to go through unbelievable like lengths because you could be an animal handler uh and the best pet you could get in the game was a rancor but you could but like you were what more, yeah you could get a rancor however you were far more likely to get the uh what was the fishing rod that was even better than lu shang's uh, the there was a better one. There was. There, there, there was. They they added another one in there. I don't remember what it was it, called. It, the Abisu. Yeah, the Abisu fishing rod. You were far more likely to get that and a relic weapon than you were to ever get a rancor. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> the drop rates were horrifying. 
But, wow. And then uh, what's nice about it is eventually they took the Rancor out. And they said, no, you can't, no one can have it anymore. They're extinct. What about if people already had it? You have it. Then you're the only one. So who has they it. were the only ones that had it. There's just so, a few so people. were Rancor Beastmasters more rare than Jedi's? Oh, far more rare. Wow. Absolutely. Like Rancor Beastmasters, you had to, because you needed an entire uh, guild to b- make one for you. Like you had to have someone <laughs> who specialized in every different kind of crafting to make all the components to incubate the egg. Like it was insane to get one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, in your opinion, uh, which is a better game, Star Wars Galaxies or FF14? Uh, until Jedi was made for everybody, Galaxies was. But by the end of Galaxies, 14 is better now than. Well, I was going to say, if, if they if they turned Jedi into something anybody could make at the beginning, it sounds like they pulled a Square Enix before it was a Square Enix. <laughs> the original Square Enix. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Anir, I think you're the only one who's played this next one, right? Oh, he stood up. Bad timing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, so this next one, number seven, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, I, I mean, I have a friend who's obsessive over this. Like, you remember the the Bethesda screaming girl? Yeah, that's right. Friend. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, she, I've, I've heard she's she's told me a lot about the game, but she's also someone who has been a into the lore and game of Elder Scrolls since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she absolutely loves it just for the lore, like more so than any okay. of the gameplay. That's that's probably fair. But I also feel like ESO got a lot of a bad rep until just recently when they announced the Morrowind expansion. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that right, Escalia? I don't even know if it was the Morrowind expansion, but it was like the patches that were leading up to the Morrowind expansion where they finally they improved a lot of things that people didn't like about the game. So mm-hmm. ESO is much more popularly viewed now than it was at launch. It's another. It's a lot like it's followed a very similar trajectory that FF14 did, where it was just it was lambasted on launch, and mm-hmm. they've done a lot of things to fix it. And again, kind of like Galaxies, kind of like uh, eh, Sutor, kind of went the other direction. It started off where it liked, and then went in the tort became the Tortanic. <laughs> Uh, the I mean, and I, I really like the idea of the PVP areas that ESO does. Um, like certain areas are for PVP, and there, but there are still uh, quests within there. Mm-hmm. So like people can come and kill you while you're trying to, you know, go get an axe for someone. Like, and it's only particular areas. So that way you still have the PVE server while having some PVP areas. I do like that concept also. Yeah. And I mean, you can't be ignored that Morrowind did help an awful lot because people love Morrowind. Like, I don't know if, like, if they had made Skyrim, if that would have been even better. Like, I don't know if that has, like, in the collective conscious, if that's overtaken mm. Morrowind to this point, but I know Morrowind has been beloved by so many that when they announced that as the expansion, people were like, absolutely. absolutely. Well, and I, I, honestly, I think that was probably the better way to go as well, because even, even if Skyrim is more in, like, the collective consciousness of people, I feel like a lot of people are also sick of hearing. Um, yes, everyone. Yes absolutely yes. that's absolutely yep. true yeah mm-hmm. so uh, uh, i think eso i would probably guess eso is more well liked than 14 is right now uh, right think, now but but again i don't because of the hype though i feel like I feel, as an overall game i don't think eso is better than 14. well plus remember we, we also talked about uh 14 being put on this list because of what it accomplished in a realm reborn so if we're comparing you know a realm reborn if we're comparing Final Fantasy 14 in that state for making this list compared to ESO, uh, I don't know. I think that, that that I might put 14 above it just based on my limited knowledge. Okay, that's probably fair. I, I still feel like too, like just a lot of 
a lot of people who love ESO are the ones who are longtime fans of Elder Scrolls. It's very difficult, I feel like, for people to be to really, really love and be invested with their whole being into ESO unless you're already an Elder Scrolls fan. Whereas people can definitely be invested in both Final Fantasy MMOs without having been in the Final Fantasy series already. That's mm-hmm. kind of true because, yeah, you're right. The The Elder Scrolls does directly build off the lore, whereas... I mean, 14 being part of an anthology and series. Anyone I know, yeah, who is obsessed with ESO, not just my one friend, but I have a couple other friends and they are all longtime Elder Scrolls fans. And it's because you can talk to any NPC and they will allude to things that have happened in the game. So like oh. my friend is obsessive as she is. It took her way longer than you'd expect to get to max level. She's like, because I just love to talk to everyone, look at every rock because that could be influenced. It could have been there from the <laughs> storm that happened in this game at this time. And like, she's so into that. that it, just, know, like, it took her so long to get from to max level just because of how beautiful and like detailed the world was. You know, that's probably something that I really like about uh, Elder Scrolls Online then, because one of the things that I, we used to always happen uh, with me with WoW is if they introduce like a new PC, you know, new NPC that has existed before, but never in World of Warcraft, I go to like the WoW wiki and start reading lore. And once you're done with one page, you like click on something else related to that. And like, it's kind of the same way that people get lost like in YouTube and end up on the weird side. Like I would do that with WoW lore. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely one of the, the strengths of that game. And obviously, you know, having so many Elder Scrolls in the series would also be a big strength for uh, ESO well, as well. And I think to uh, much Nika's point, I know lots of people who play Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's the only Final Fantasy they've ever played. I don't know anyone who plays Elder Scrolls online, but has, you know, pl- has never played Moral Any Skyrim. Ever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they've all, yeah. pl- they all have prior reference for the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, the thing that was so impressive about Elder Scrolls Online that... Square Enix, I think, used to do is that they developed the game so that it did not stray too far from the core of the gameplay of the Elder Scrolls franchise. If you want, you could play that game in first person and it would feel like an Elder Scrolls game. That is actually very it's something I don't think that I realize, but very important and actually, yes, very commendable, too. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, their, their skill trees are pretty similar to what, you know, you experienced in Skyrim. The combat system is very, um, you know, uh, close to what you've already experienced. And they laid some other MMO elements on top of it, which is very much what it felt like Square Enix did with Final Fantasy XI, mm-hmm. where they took core Final Fantasy gameplay elements and then plopped MMO elements on top of it. And I feel like that is a, 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 a much more of a rarity these days in MMOs that have been developed post wow, because most post wow developed MMOs fall into a pattern. They set that pattern and, and they, they stick to it, run themselves into the ground. A lot of the grind-heavy Korean MMOs that came out of, um, not Nexon, but, um, um, fuck. Oh. What do they make? Uh, I cannot it's think. It's not NCSoft, is it? NCSoft, thank you. Oh, okay, cool. And the, the games that came out of NCSoft had a, had a very similar pattern to their content. But the fact that they are able to make a bottom line just show oh well i guess that's what we should be doing like if you're an mmo developer you go with what works but Mm -hmm. it seemed like eso 
you know, like they had a different path. Like they wanted to create a fundamentally online version of Elder Scrolls as opposed to here are the core MMO elements. Here are the things that define an MMO as an MMO. Let's put that into our game and then figure out how Elder Scrolls fits on top. It's actually really cool and kind of makes me want to give it a try. And I mean, I mean, I think you should like I, if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, I think that there is something for every Elder Scrolls fan to find in Elder Scrolls online. And I mean, do I think it's do I think it's a better MMO than FF14? Nah, I don't. Okay. Okay. I mean, it looks really ugly. I mean, well, it, it looks does. like it looks fucking hideous. I, I don't. I think <laughs> it developed in 2011. It, oh, it, it looks like Morrowind in many ways. Uh, but no, actually, and to your point, uh, Nero, something I was actually talking about with a friend the other day is unlike so many, like when you think about 14 and how much of like they say, you know, it's paying homage to the rest of the Final Fantasy games. But no, you're just lifting things out of all the other Final uh, Fantasy yeah, games. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's paying homage. I anymore. wouldn't either. It's just borrowing no. things out of the other games. And I think he went back. He's like, do we look at 11 through rose colored glasses? Because when I think of what I saw in 11, so much of it was original. And I had to go back and I really started because at first my instinct was, well, no, I'm sure they borrowed a ton of stuff from other games games they really didn't that as when i started thinking about it like mm-hmm. it, it was a very original space and so when i see elder scrolls online borrow so much from prior games but not make it feel like a straight ripoff or just a shameless use of its old material it makes me feel real good about that i'm excited to go get on eventually and play morrowind and see what that place looked like a thousand years before the events of the game that's gonna be fun mm. yeah that's fair uh did any of us play number six uh, Dark you want to tell? Oh, I didn't know if, if everyone had it had it open or not since it's on the on the. No, album. but you got to tell the listeners, you dumb shit. <laughs> Dark Age of Camelot though is uh, is number six. Anyone well, here play that? Didn't Anira play Fuck this? Yeah, I played. Yeah, Dark yeah Age. he's talked about this a lot. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead. Tell us about Dark Age of Camelot. Then, why does it deserve to be on this list? Dark Age of Camelot was the first game that really solidified uh, player versus environment massive content like 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 raid style stuff yeah um like where people would really be um working together to you know i would say one of the big pve elements in ff11 was um you know like besieged right Mm -hmm. yeah that that stuff kind of fundamentally grew out of gameplay elements that were found in dark age of camelot and and that was I, i think you know, when we talk about group aspects of MMOs, a lot of that can be traced back down to Dark Age of Camelot because they had less at the time Dark Age of Camelot was was made. You had EverQuest, you had Ultima Online, and I think you had a couple other MMOs, but they, they were among one of the first that were able to get in there. You know, Mythic Entertainment was really, really smart with the way that they developed it. And they had looked at... um they had looked at the way that Ultima Online had to separate their worlds into um, Trammel and I forget what the other one was, but there was basically a PvP and non-PvP factions of the world. There were versions of the world and you had to take a telepoint to go between the two different versions of the world. One where you could be killed just in open playing field and another where you couldn't. And they noticed that there were far more characters that were being made on the servers where you had an option to to whether or not you could pvp and so because I, I feel like whenever i hear of dark age of camelot it's in relation to pvp stuff as well 
I don't know. I don't. I, I know at least at first they did not have a heavy emphasis on PvP. They mm-hmm. had a they had the heaviest emphasis on PvE because Ultima Online was was kind of proving the point that you don't want to necessarily be nervous every time you walk outside yeah. of a town a town mm-hmm. zone and so that was their big push for development and their big push for content was to make players group up together instead of divide them um to be able to conquer content and they they kind of set the standard when it comes to that I I mean, just based on that description alone, I feel like it should probably be a little bit higher on the list than number six. Then I agree. I think I think I'm a little scared for where 11 is going to end up on this list since it has. (laughs) Like, I feel like 11 should have been here at this point. Shame on you. You're about to be real mad when 11 does not make the list. (laughs) (laughs) Shame on you, Nika, for thinking that 11 would even make this list. Really? Because I honestly figured if if 14 is only at 10, the fact that how many people have. Um, rose-colored glasses for 11. And the fact that when it was around, it was pretty strong. That's the fact that- only among Final Fantasy yes. Online players. Yeah. Yes. I don't I don't think that 11 itself... Players. Yeah, I don't think that Why wasn't it an honorable mention then? I, I figured- don't think... Because 11 didn't... I don't think 11 did anything for the genre. Everything that 11 did was for 11's sake. It's not anywhere okay. on this list because 11 was treated as a leper in the MMO community. I mean, the, the oh, only the God. only reason that I might see it go on here is the fact that they're still able to support a subscription model for that game after so long. It is impressive, and I, I think there are a lot of things about Eleven that, like, if you look at it objectively, can't be denied, but so, so many people logged into that game for the first time, made a character, got plopped in whatever city they started with no clue of what to do, and mm-hmm. said... Hmm. Now I will say that there that that, that I, I do think that eleven would probably deserve a, a a place on this list in place of some other ones like this next one for example number five Guild Wars two I'm I'm not yep. really sure why Guild Wars two is on here at all I can here's yeah. here's the one thing that Guild Wars two did Guild Wars two made fates yes <sighs> okay. It's a, that's it. That is a hundred percent it. They had they basically made fates, and people were so impressed with them that people played that game for way longer than they should have. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, well, end, it's just it's fucking fates. Yeah, because I mean, I I played Guild Wars two when when it first came out because my my thinking behind it was ah free to play, so I, okay, I'll plop down the cost and basically whenever I feel like it, I can come back and and, and play this game. It never really yeah, hooked me. Like it. It never hooked me. Yeah. I feel like the only thing that I did was, was <laughs> to me, this was glamor was end game before anything else, because the only thing I cared about was unlocking all dye colors. Oh my that God. Was the only thing that I ever cared about. And even the reason that they give is basically just like, well, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty successful. There was a lot of hype around it. And uh, I mean, it didn't get like super, super crazy, but uh, I mean, people still like it. Well, I mean, they do, po- they, do point out that it's, they do point out it's a contentious pick, but it is one of the MMOs that sold the most of all time. That said, when you don't have a subscription fee to attach to it, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's an easy sell, yeah. Yeah, it's a much easier sell when you when you uh, promise an ongoing game experience for a one-time cost. Mm-hmm. Strife saying Rift made Fates before Guild Wars 2. Um, fa- uh, fucking Rift isn't on this list, so fuck who, you. Who the hell yeah, is that's Rift? an honorable mention. Is it in the honorable mentions or no? Yeah, it was. Uh, wasn't, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Rift is... Well, 11 yeah. wasn't there either, so... <laughs> and spoilers, I don't Can think... someone tell me the difference between Rift and Ion? Because I'm pretty sure they're the same game. 
Uh, no, Ion had angels and demons, and Rift had a really cool care, uh, class system where everything could. Nobody be fucking cares. Nobody cares. Hey, man, I liked uh, I liked the Rift character creation thing. Uh, that's, a, I, that's a no. touched it, Dean. Yeah. So I like number four on this list, Eve Online. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I think that's yeah. exactly where it should be. Yeah, yep. I, I will say this. I think Eve, uh, much like FF11, took a very certain kind of person to play it, but there is absolutely no denying the amount of player-built lore that that game has contributed and that game has pioneered the idea of. Well, there, there's no other game right now that's like Eve. I mean, there are, a lot, there are a lot, I think, that aspire to be that, but what Eve did... That's not something that I think you can sit down and say, okay, this is what we want to make. Let's make it like the way that Eve happened was so organic. And I don't think if you talk to any of the developers that when this game was being created, that they thought it would become what it is today. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you look at, they, they mentioned, you know, Eve is uh, single shard technology, which was not common at the time. Uh, so much of the, the game being designed by what the players do. But when Aniro uh, uh, was talking about Dark Age of Camelot and the kind of idea of having to transition between PvP and PvE zones, like Eve does that so well. You have your high sex zones where you're not allowed to you know, shoot at each other. You, you straight up can't. Your low sex zones where you can shoot at each other, but the police are going to come destroy you. And then null sec where it's like, oh uh, no, whatever happens here happens. Deal with it. Man, yeah. I really just want to go have sex right now. I know. You just kept saying <laughs> low sex and high sex. I was really confused. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. High, high security, low security. Oh, oh, see, I thought, I thought, oh. Juxta, I thought Juxta was, uh, was just thinking about spreadsheets and it got him turned on. No, uh, <laughs> I, as we all know, uh, Ulda is the high sex zone. <laughs> Yeah, great. No, I, I don't think anyone's going to really argue with this. Uh, I don't quite think that it should trump what's going to be the top three, but it definitely deserves to be to be very, very high there. Mm -hmm. uh, better than FF14? Yes, I would say yes to that one. Well, what do I, I mean? Personal taste? No, I think personal taste, yeah. But, but I think that what Eve has done... Yeah, it, like it, Eve is not my kind of game. I don't think I would ever have more fun yeah. playing that. Than like but I, I do. I love hearing the stories about Eve, though. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said when I uh, when I read that that recent, you know, the biggest heist ever. It's like it's the best game that I will never play. <laughs> I really love that yeah. description of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if if I were to play it, I would just be like a moon farmer. I would just sit there and like and farm ore off of a moon and probably get picked off by a pirate and then never play again. Like so. I, I can I can see the appeal of Eve, mm -hmm. right? It's just it's to someone who is not me. Yeah, exactly. No, it's in so many ways it's too real. Like it's too real for my space sim game where I, I just want to mm -hmm. fly my spaceship around and shoot people. It, it, this game is literally like, well, no, let's let's explore the math behind that. No. <laughs> I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that. Thanks. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. no, I, I get, like, yeah, there are certain types of people out there who will absolutely love it. And the lore that it creates is absolutely unbelievable and so much fun to hear about. I just don't want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. I'll watch well, yeah, I'll see the movie. The even if you did want to be a part of it, like the amount of time and probably like money you would have to sink to actually get into the upper echelons of like the metagame is, I, I, I can't even fathom it. And it okay, it, so 
Well, so you know how like games like Dota 2 have been trying to make themselves a little bit more noob friendly, uh-huh. right? Like what if if Eve wanted to do that, right? <laughs> like if, if CCP looked at their bottom line and was going, shit, guys, I don't know that we have enough subs to be able to make it another year, okay. right? And they were like, well, we've got to figure out some gameplay elements to to be able to make this game more attractive to new people or user friendly what could they do what could you what could you do that wouldn't make all your main players just quit that's exactly because that's exactly right the people who love that game would detest that I think what Eve probably did at some point is they took the opposite path that Square Enix is taking right now with FF14 and they doubled down on their core in veteran players instead of making it more attractive to constantly bringing in new people. Oh, they absolutely did. They hold an annual conference every year where they're, like you say, their top players are invited to Iceland to have like a week long like dinners and develop with the development team and talk about and what's going to backstab each other. Yep. Backstab each other. How, uh, influence how the game is going to develop. There was there was like, a yeah. smaller version of it though in Vegas the same year as the first fan fest in 14, 2014. Really? Because I was on the I was on a plane with people who were going to an Eve conference in Vegas at the same time, and we That's were talking really cool. we were talking about how oh two really big games at the same time in Vegas how cool is that? Um, but it, and he was telling me all about the Iceland one and how how he really wanted to go to that one. So but he couldn't, so he was going to settle for the Vegas <sighs> one. I had no the, idea they had. That's true though. That that idea that developers actually bring in like you know the the again that like top echelon of player to talk to them about like the game the metagame and like changes that it's so- look how much but look how much it's benefited them i mean yeah. eve eve and ccp are still a very you know like profitable company right yeah. like oh, they, yeah. they still they still make no shortage of money off of eve online and and i think you know yeah it, robbie or uh Kahlo, you had you had hit the nail on the head this is exactly what it looks like when an mmo decides to in a in an official capacity support their veteran and their long-term player base with both content and decisions that not that don't necessarily favor them but but it works for them right yeah. like if you go out of your way to try to change core elements of your game to appeal to new people you're you're absolutely right you're going to see diminishing returns among the player base that you already yeah. have well in theory I think, yeah. it, I think it's smart for eve a game like eve that has already got a limited appeal to double down on the player base that they've already that's got. very true Final Fantasy, and I think Final Fantasy 14 just doesn't think that it has as much limited appeal as Eve does. Mm-hmm. And I think it does. I think, I, no, I think between the amount of competition that's out there in the. Yes, that's, that, I think it's start. getting there, but I still think that the, from the outside, what people are seeing is how 14 launched in 2.0 and they're getting interested from from that and that it has less long it has less appeal in the long term i feel like than for new players well i, I think the, the the important part of nate's of nate's argument here though is that the reason it has limited appeal is because ff14 isn't the only thing out there of its kind every mmo is like you know in in general follows that sort of fantasy ish type thing right wow is a competitor for ff14 guild wars 2 is a competitor for ff14 because wow is also a competitor for 11 but, but here's the well, thing though but, is but, that but wow that's was the point 
Who's the Eve competitor? Right. WoW is not a competitor for Eve. No one who plays Eve, they're never worried about you losing you to WoW. Like that, I mean, is, that is true. Uh, okay, so there's one that I can think of. Dually Universe, not out yet. Not even yeah. in, in pre-alpha, right? Maybe No Man's Sky may have scratched that itch, but uh, the fact that you can't see another fucking player on screen no. No. killed no. that as quickly, yep. as quickly as possible. Yep. So you're right. Like, there is no... Like, if you love Eve and you're like, man, I just can't get enough of this Eve shit. Like, there's nowhere... <laughs> there's, no, there's nowhere else for you to go. You're locked. Yeah, exactly. You're fucking yeah. stuck there. You have no other until option. Dual uni- until Dual Universe comes out. But if you're dissatisfied with Final Fantasy fourteen as an MMO, you have Guild Wars 2, World of Warcraft, uh, fucking Dark Age Camelot, Ultima Lord of the Rings online. Lord of the Rings online. Literally Elder Scrolls anything. online. Literally almost every fucking MMO is made in the shadow of World of Warcraft. So they all pick a similar setting. They all pick a similar battle system. And they all pick a similar way to introduce the player to the world. And now, and now we've got 75 different, you know, fucking... Um, directed experiences that take us through a, a well-crafted uh, world that in a single-player game would be perfectly passable. But in terms of a fundamental online experience, there's nothing that if you were a huge fan of something like Dark Age of Camelot or Final Fantasy Eleven that scratches that itch anymore. Hmm. Maybe Ashes of Creation will. Maybe. We're hopeful. But but as, as it's it's almost like as an entire industry or genre unto itself MMOs have decided to move on from a, you know a more sandbox environment where mm-hmm. Eve embraces it. So they're able to not just collect all of the people who are interested in playing a space a space themed MMO, but they're also collecting the diehard MMO, you know, like MMO people and people who, you know, are are really helpful in crafting an online community and, and an online world for your game to exist in. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the best way I ever heard Eve described to me was when someone asked if I wanted to play it and they said, do you want to play a game that punishes you harder the better you play? I'm like... No. Oh, I'm like, not really. He's like, well, then you probably should play <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, then. Play someone yeah. else. Because, it, like, yeah. guess what? The better your ship is, it only means you lose more when it dies. I don't like that Un- idea. Unless you have insurance on it. Well, even if you have insurance on it, though, if you lose the guy who can pilot it, you're going to spend months getting a new pilot trained up who can fly it. Aww. Yeah. So you might get insurance and save the money and maybe even be able to buy a new one, but you're still going to be spending a month learning Wasn't the insurance all player run, too? It sure is. was. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I can't... Like, that would be way too much for me. I just... Eve, I can't. Eve is literally just another world. Yeah, like, Eve is closer to Second Life than Second Life is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, this is another one that, uh, that Aniro's going to have a lot to say on. Ultima Online. Yeah! From the game that brought us the Moon Glow Defense Force. <laughs> yeah. So why does Ultima Online... Did you really need to take it there? I yeah. love the Moon Glow Defense Force. That is one of my favorite stories you've ever told. It is a great story. It is. It really is. Um, I, th- I think that you probably have the most like 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 when you when you think back to like you know the early '90s and like the, the the development of like the MMO genre and like what that sort of like like looked like, you have the most quintessential early MMO experience out of all of us. And I think it, it because of the Moonglow Defense Force. I think really, honestly, yes. 
Yes. That look, I, I, I don't know if this is actually a real, real story or if this was you just kind of like embellishing a little bit, but, but you like told us like how, you know, you were part of it and like your mom would be like, take the trash out, Nathan. And like, you'd have to run the trash down. Like, you know, the city council was convening like that. <laughs> I don't know why, but, but even outside of just like, just like taking the piss out of you, like, like that story and that image has always been one of my favorites. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's weird because it was role playing that didn't feel like role playing. Uh huh. Right. Like it was not, it wasn't, it wasn't like, how has the <laughs> moon glow defense forces been this weekest? You yeah, know, like it wasn't with that. So I'm glad it was. I know it, it wasn't, it wasn't like that shit. Right. Like uh -huh. it was, it was actually people like it was more, I don't know. It was more like a podcast where we were being kept up on info about the game, things that had happened in the community in the last week or month. I forget how often we would do the meetings mm -hmm. and 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 it was one of those things where it made me think like, wow, like, dude, a radio show would be really helpful because then you could take all of this information and send it out to a whole bunch of people without having them have to be in in one same physical space. Mm -hmm. But what was kind of cool about it at the same time was the fact that we were all going to one building. We are, were all going to the same place. And then it was like, like, you would think that like chaos would erupt or people would just start killing each other, or, you know, like but no like we would all kind of like sit in chairs and it was like <laughs> like it was it, it, it was it very was, orderly but, but no one told us to do that no one had to enforce any of that it, was it wasn't just, rules within the game or anything right like that right like because there was ultima, no ultima online was another one of the really early player driven like player content created type type stuff right um yes and no like there were a whole it was a, it was a it was an MMO that could function without with very little player input, but it was open enough to allow you to do stuff like uh you know uh form your form your own group or mm -hmm. uh you know like have a political system. Um, it, it's it, you know like it, it was it was weird because it felt less like playing a game and it felt more like chatting in an online community, like one of those early up online like after school club, maybe no, it, like it was a message. board field. Yes. 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 Nika. Yes. That's ex like in the early days of like AOL and the internet, uh, you know, when we were still using like dial up modems and shit, like the communities that you were a part of when you were 13, 14 years old, that were just still like, they were you could, all just forum boards. Yeah, it was. It. And that's, it felt more akin to that where there was this like natural shaking out of, of order that happened. And I don't know how it did because like now you get into an MMO and it's just jabbering jackasses jumping on furniture <laughs> and doing dumb shit all Back fucking day. day. We sat in those chairs. No, but, but it's like, but it's, it was almost like, it was almost like, holy shit, there's a chair as an item. Uh, let's see if my character can sit on it. Like, did they program this game mm -hmm. to be that intricate? And because they did, you're like, oh, fuck, I want to sit on everything. And it, like, I got to sit on everything. But, but like, we could that, sit everywhere. That, that, like, that, like, novelty has worn off and so people are like oh there's a chair of course you can fucking well, sit on that. and absolutely think about this you were able to sit on chairs in ff11 as of seekers of a dueling 
That's when they added the ability to sit in chairs. Oh Not gosh. other chairs, just your own, right? I think now you, uh, now you can sit in chairs. Uh, well, I know. Well, mm, when I was playing with you, at least, which was when you know, like last year, yeah, um, you had to like unlock the ability to summon certain chairs, and there were like ten of them. Oh my god! You, t- you would type like slash sit, sit chair. four. Sit oh, sit chair. It's chair. An sit it's chair an four. You're not, yeah, it you're is not an emote. Yeah, yep, you would sit on whatever that design chair was. But I think Leave they have also Square Enix to have to unlock the ability <laughs> to sit down. But I think they also like because remember the, one of the main issues is there was no chairs. You could not buy chair furnishings. They didn't have any. That's how they avoided the whole problem. The you get with the Taro Taro stool. Yep, that game was dumb ju- sometimes. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like there was, it, 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 and I guess the weirdest thing again was that nobody had to be told any of this shit. Like it was just, right. it was what happened, and it was more, it was more like if you wanted to be included in on this thing, if you wanted to be a part of this thing, like you played well, by the rules, see, think about or it. else you were ostracized, and that was a total community thing. Yeah, and, and and reputation still meant something. I mean, dude, it was just like it was a totally different. You were in Time. the yeah. You were in the game because prior to MMOs, if you played a game, you were put in the skin of the character. Like, like you really had no choice. You you watched it unfold. What happened to the character is just what happened. So for the first time, when an MMO first happens and you get put in there, you are the character. What are you going to do? You're going to act like a character in a game would because that's what you're sort of. I don't want to say expected to do, but that's just what games have always been. And you're right. It's not until now when the MMO is, is so old that people log on. They don't care about the character anymore. They're just their own shitty asshole selves. Well, and the other thing yeah. that Nero uh, kind of hinted at is back then, especially around Ultima Online and maybe even a bit in FF11, leveling up was so hard. And there wasn't the mm. ability to just change your name at will usually that your reputation was important because you didn't just have another character you could go play on. That would have been a massive commitment to be being an asshole to just like oh i'll just go play my other character you didn't have another character that was your character and your reputation was all you had for it dude infinity fox brings up something that i was thinking about um just uh, yesterday right there people ha- are so detached from their characters and games these days and i think that that's 100 percent true there mm-hmm. was there was a point in time where we were able to develop real attachments to our avatars and real attachments to characters. And I feel like, you know, now because we've been spoiled with a concept like an MMO, I have a harder time attaching myself to a character in a one player setting. Oh, I don't. I absolutely do. Absolutely do. And I I think, and I think that's, I think, I think part of that is just because I've, you know, been able to, you know, like, like take for example, dude, when final fantasy seven was new, how many of us over leveled our characters? Because we just wanted to stay in that world. We just wanted final fantasy to fucking continue. And now we have two continuous final fantasy experiences. We don't need that anymore. It now it's now it's become like, Oh, well, you know, let's, do a level 100 playthrough mm-hmm. but it becomes a thing that you're okay, doing right. it's not so, it's not like like uh, there fuck dude my final fantasy 7 game was so over leveled because i mm-hmm. just loved the action of playing it i yeah. loved the game of playing it and since and uh, since mmos in general since i've gotten into mmos and i don't maybe this is me 
and mm-hmm. and not necessarily indicative of the fact that Final Fantasy MMOs exist, but I do think that by virtue of having a persistent online character in certain games, that it becomes harder for in general for people to form a a a, a connection with the world or characters of a first person game because you know that that experience is fleeting and and temporary let me see, try to cl- I, I hold, hold on wait wait a problem Mika, okay. i want to clarify something really quick because okay. I, I think i see what you're talking about he's not talking about a, a, a personal investment in like noctis as a character what he means is like when i was playing shadow of uh, mortar last night and i'm going to get all these extra things because i have to complete my playthrough right but then I'm like, why? Because when I'm done with it, what the fuck is it going to matter? Because I still get attached to characters as characters. You know, the stories they're going yeah. through. You know, the, the, the hardships that they're facing. That's one thing. What he means is when I'm like playing through FF6 right now, right? I don't really care how powerful my characters get because once I beat the game, that's it. I'm not going back to it. Right. But we what? care in an MMO because we're supposedly going to come back to this every single day that's why we need this character to be as powerful as we can that's why we want all this glam that's why we want to collect all the songs is because we're making an investment in this character right and 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 i think that that's an mm. important that's an important distinction I, know, I still like to do every quest and get every weapon and like do that and i mean there's a lot of things i won't do like stupid fetch quests like collect 100 million things but, i won't necessarily do those but when it comes down to like making sure my character's gotten the max level making sure i've gotten every strongest weapon i do all that shit every time it's getting harder for me to do it but there's two ways there's two ways as a player of a game that we end up connecting to the character there is the way that we connect to all characters and that with sympathy right yeah but the other way that we end up connecting to a character is to allow that character to become an avatar for ourselves and that used to happen that every single game i play you know what it's so hard for me because i do that like i I get so invested in every character that i play and every book that i read it's really painful for me as an emotional person (laughs) well that may that may be that may be indicative of you know your your personality yeah you're highly empathetic Right. But this is something that used to happen intrinsically during the course of a game. And I don't think that that happens with the same frequency that it used to. No, you're right. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it does. I don't ever, ever, ever feel like a single player character is my avatar anymore. Oh, right. Like you get <laughs> if you if there's a character creation part of it, then maybe Skyrim mm-hmm. Skyrim maybe felt a little bit like that way some of the time dark souls a little bit dark what, souls what about, some of the time what about in 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 games that uh tries to make the main character as bland as possible so 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 let's go with uh, uh well, silent, si- silent protagonist or like, yes. or yes. like yes. the original re- uh, reason link was uh, silent as well. right exactly during the time that i played those games like chrono trigger like legend of zelda like final fantasy 7 i did feel like those characters were avatars for my personality that I could project my own personality onto. And that's how I formed at least part of my connection with those characters. And I think that's part of what I miss 
playing new games because mm-hmm. I'm not forming that attachment. When I play through The Last of Us, I have a character attachment to Joel and Ellie. I don't have an avatar attachment to them. I'm compelled to want to know what happens to them. I'm compelled to know the end of the outcome of the narrative set before me. But I do not seek to power them up as if they were a vessel for my person, you know, for my person, right? right? Like that I think people used to do that with cloud and final fantasy seven i think people used to do that with chrono trigger i think that it's not as common anymore i mean i wish it's so hard for me to put myself into what you're saying i mean that's the reason why i think like looking back at how much i was like bawling on air over mgs5 and how emotional it was for me to kill my own guys because i me recruited them i saved them i brought them to the base and i built my base up and now i'm killing my own men and i was i have never ever been wrecked so hard by any video game moment other than that because that was everything i had worked for i had personally invested in and now i was doing it and i was i was dead i was dead on the floor like and i I got and i got a sliver of that in that moment right and look like think of think about never cried uglier than that moment in my life think about think about the extremes that kojima had to push the audience to to be able to even replicate a sliver of that feeling and and fucking sliver i understand for you it was but you have been doing the show long enough with us to know that it did not impact it did i was as invested in metal gear solid 5 as you were easily in in the entire franchise but that moment did not impact me like that it was an emotional moment i recognized it for what it was and i felt it was well executed but i was not bawling i did not have i did not my have, hand was, i was falling on the floor i couldn't click the button I, did Every time I clicked have, the button, I sobbed harder and harder. It was horrible. I did not I wish have, recorded that. I did not have any kind of physical or emotional mm-hmm. reaction to that moment outside of my detached observation that it was well executed. And 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 there was and and again, there was that sliver. There was that little sliver. But again, look at the extremes that Kojima had to push it to to be able to replicate even that sliver. And I'm and I'm saying that that. And I and I can I I will I will cop to the fact that this may be me, and this is why I'm asking it more as a question than saying that it's a hundred percent a universal truth. But I mean, do you guys agree with that? That since MMOs or since your involvement with MMOs, that you have a harder time forming an attachment, a personal attachment, a personal avatar attachment to single player narratives and single player characters, or like Nika, do you think that no, you're still just as invested? A, a, them as you ever were i think that uh, and like don't get me wrong the last time i think i actually cried over a character was when i lost my first ff11 character when she was i realized she was gone forever i i was heartbroken but i think for for a single player game for me to be able to invest in a character they have to be facing some kind of difficulty that i face too like like i can't like broadly empathize with them what they're going through has to apply to me in some way to get that kind of visceral reaction on me so like if i play a game you know like life is strange or you know undertale and maybe i can find a theme in there where you know it it applies to something i'm going through in my life then i can form that that old visceral attachment again but i can't go out of my way like with with squall and final fantasy 8 who i did very much feel that way about i couldn't play ff8 today and get that same attachment to squall because he's not going through the same things i'm going through um i am going to agree with a nero but i don't know if i'm gonna hold mmos responsible for it because again there's actually three games that i'm playing 
playing right now that all have a certain aspect of if I played them more, I could power them up. And I think the reason why I can't get invested in them is because I know that it's going to end once I finish the game. I'm never going to come back. I'm going to move on to something else. Now, when I was younger playing, for example, FF7, obviously I didn't have the means to buy my own games, right? So I would get more out of a game by necessity alone because it's, it's, it's all that I had, right? And so I think just being older, having the means to, to play more games, you, you know, know MMOs, MMOs among them are part of that. I absolutely hear that. Uh, I did that with FF9 because I got it for Christmas and I knew I wasn't getting any new games for a while. So I better get my, my money's worth out of it. And that's the last time I, the last FF I dramatically overpowered. Cal, I think this is probably why I'm so heavily into cosplay because when I do connect with the character so hard, like I will then kind of kind of physically place myself in the character. And then once I'm at a convention and I, I love going, especially to the Metal Gear ones, like the group meetups where then you can just sit there and gush about the game with other people who love it as much as you do and who relate and connect with characters as much as you do. For me, then the game experience doesn't have to end and it will just keep going on forever. Right, but I'm not saying that I that I want the game experience to end because because I I would like. Well, them no, I said, but that's why you're not getting invested because you know it's going to end. I feel like for me, because I get so overly invested and emotional in everything, I purposefully make it my mission to make sure my attachment and my investment in that game never ends. Right, but I don't. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to end because even when you know when I was younger and I would beat FF seven, like 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 Aniro said, you would just reload you know your last save near the end and then just start grinding. My 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 prized lost ff7 file had everyone at 999 with all of their stats at 255 because i would just grind out morphing things with yuffie and using uh gravity and the sunken galnica for hours upon hours upon hours on end even after i beat it but it's not just that oh well i know it's gonna end so now i'm not gonna do it i have so many other things to play so the reason it has to end is so that i can move on to something else so well yes you may choose to you know cosplay and try to extend that with certain games i want to move on to the next game because i have so many freaking games to play I, I i feel that that's why i actually have probably no exaggeration 13 games that i bought on release day that i haven't touched oh that kind of shit happens to me like i, I mean i've had like I buy a lot of even the 3DS Zelda games. I have, I mean, I still have Skyrim sitting on my computer. I have Persona Five. I have, uh, God, I can't even list. I have so many, so many games. I bought the FF10 remaster and still haven't touched it on release. I bought the special edition on the store, got it on release day, haven't touched it because I have other games and I just, it sucks. I have a, I have a problem. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, so. a lot of it. So that was number three. Uh, yeah. Should 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 Ultima? Wow, that was a big that was a big tangent. But it was a good discussion. It was. It was. That was, that was, that was a big yeah. tangent. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be one of our highlights for the day. But uh, so Ultima Online, should it be where it's at on the list? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I, I think I agree too. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. Number. I actually may have flipped it with number two. I think so too. Honestly, I think it's heavily uh, so, debatable. They're both great. Yes. Well, no, I, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think that they're equally as influential on MMOs as a genre. Um, but I just had kind of have to go with my personal feelings yeah. on that one. And, and in my book, um, well, no, Ultima you know Online was better than number two. The reason why I think I would put Ultima Online before number two, which is EverQuest. Uh, Ultima Online came out before EverQuest did. It did. By two years. It did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, the reason they're giving uh, EverQuest uh, number two is they're essentially saying that it kind of started it all. Well, I, I don't. Mean, 
In, mm. in some ways, it did. I mean, I think it was the, the mm. first big one that got a, a lot of like media attention because that was the one that, you know, like, like ever, ever crack. Like, you know, this is where people yes. were like, holy crap, people are getting addicted to this stuff. Yeah. My first roommate in college, it was really funny because like when, when none of us could get a hold of her, like we were four roommates. I'm like, man, this girl's probably gonna be really weird. And of course I was like, oh gosh, I get stuck with her in my room. And it turns out she's just a hardcore EverQuest player. And that's what she did all the time. So I got to see a lot of it and she was, she was really into it. It seemed pretty, pretty cool actually. Like, uh, they would even do like April Fool's events where like the, all the characters would like change. I don't know. It was really cool. And I just feel like there was a lot of community involvement and a lot of like um, developer and like community team involvement with the players. Probably the earliest incarnation of, of what the modern day MMO would eventually turn into. I agree with that. I mean, EverQuest at the end of the day, it's been what? 20 years 20 now? 20 years. Yeah. And 1999. And that game is still you can still download and play EverQuest to this day. Yeah, and like more people play EverQuest than EverQuest 2, right? Because that one didn't do very well. That is correct. EverQuest 2 did not do particularly well. That's why it it's only a mo- it's only an honorable mention. Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I had played EverQuest for a little bit, um, and I think, I think my biggest problem with it was the progression system. Um, I think, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, the era that I played it in, it was pretty similar to Final Fantasy XI, where you had to group up to be able to do anything. That's mm-hmm. how it was when I tinkered with it. And um, I, I, because I, I had started with Ultima Online, and I was pretty invested in Ultima Online by the time I had started to check out EverQuest. Oh, I remember what it was. I couldn't run EverQuest on my own computer. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had my own computer, but of course, like I got my parents' hand-me-down computer, uh-huh. so it could run Ultima Online just fine. Uh-huh. But EverQuest, I had to play up on my parents' computer, and that sucked. And I, and not there, I mean, their computer was technically better, but it sucked to just have to play it in the living room. Mm-hmm. And, and your parents would judge you? Um, no, I don't, they didn't, they didn't forbid it. Um, it was just, you know, I had to share it uh, with my sister. You just had no privacy to people come by and ask you stuff when you're in the middle of doing something in the game and you're like, fuck. <laughs> Although at that time, I remember showing off MMOs to like my my parents or my grandparents and being like, isn't this amazing? Like it's a video game, but the other people who are moving are actually other people controlling a character on a computer somewhere else in the That's world. That's what I was like with Eleven showing people. Yeah. Yes. My yeah. grandfather yeah. F- thought FF11 was the coolest thing in the world and he wanted it. Oh, that's my, awesome. My 83-year-old grandfather was like, so like, would this, would this run on my computer? I'm like, no, Grandpa, but... <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, you, please. You'll probably need to upgrade, but if you want to, I'll make it work for you. He never ended up doing it, but he like every time he would come over, if I was playing it, he'd always like, come sit in my room and watch, because he thought FF11 was fascinating. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like EverQuest was really responsible for laying down a lot of the fundamentals of how an MMO operated, because, you know, for, for as much as I loved... Um, you know, as much as I loved Ultima Online, it was not nearly as structured as something like EverQuest was. That's fair. Um, EverQuest definitely had a progression structure. When you maxed out your skills on on Ultima Online, it was like, well, sh- shit, what do I do now? Like, there were enemies, there were like enemies that you 
needed more than one person to kill. Like you couldn't solo them and you could do some loot farming. But I, I largely remember, you know, capping out uh, a character with combat skills and then capping out a crafter on Ultima online and feeling like there was not much left to do. <gasps> you crafted. I did. Oh. I, had a, I had a blacksmith. Wow. His name was nugs. <laughs> Oh. Nugs. Wow. His Nugs name was the Nugs. Like Nugs it. the blacksmith. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And he had a llama. He didn't have a pack <laughs> mule. He had a pack llama. What he race was Nugs? Uh, I, I don't know that you could do races oh. in Ultima Online. I think it was just straight up human. Okay. But he had he he looked a little bit like um like Yuffie from One Piece, where he had a big goofy straw hat <laughs> and, and he walked around with a llama. He might have had I overalls like too. I, I he may have had overalls too. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he was he had a pack llama. That's that was his big uh, thing. I'd say, I'm, I'm 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 putting Nugs the blacksmith in every D and D campaign I run <laughs> out. Great, you've been immortalized along with uh, Jeff the Flounder Pounder founder. <laughs> <laughs> what? The very first D&D game I ever did, the, the DM's name was Jeff. And the first inn we went to, to, to come up with the name, there's a little like table in the, in the book where you just roll 2d20 to come up with the name of the inn. So he rolled them and it was the Flounder Pounder. So every single <laughs> inn that my characters ever come across in every campaign I've ever made, it's always the Flounder Pounder and it's always run by the Flounder Pounder founder Jeff. It is, it is, <laughs> it is a interdimensional inn chain everywhere that's that's funny i like it i love it i love role-playing games. don't, don't encourage stories. him no please do more with the flounder pounder and 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 now nugs the blacksmith is going to be the flounder pounder founder jeff's best friend <laughs> <laughs> so all right yeah everquest you, have to, you have to name his you have to name his llama what, does he not did, did the llama not have a name no nah, i never named him i, I think it's just going to be llama nah and yeah and, and people will always inquire like what's his name it's llama it should, it, should, it should rhyme with pounder. Well, that's different. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, off of that, yes. Yeah, so uh, I think we all agree then that probably EverQuest and Ultima Online may be interchangeable between two and three, but yeah. should definitely be there. And of course, number one. Final, Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we all have the same now. idea. Of course it is. Of course. I mean, like, it's hard to argue with. Like, It is. I mean, look, the, the, the first line of their reasoning is, for better or worse, the entire industry of video games changed after World of Warcraft launched. Not just MMOs, but the entire video game industry. No, it you're did. like games became far more mainstream because of World of Warcraft. Video gaming in it's, general. It became because it, video games and World of Warcraft are are still a household name. Like mm -hmm. when people yeah. ask me what games I play or like I try to talk about how I met my husband, I'm always like, you know, it's kind of like World of Warcraft. And it doesn't matter yeah. how old they are, they know what that means. They get it. Yeah. Well, and and if any single game I think kind of like shaped the the idea of like instant gratification in gaming nowadays, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to attribute at least quite a bit of that to World of Warcraft. Look at it this way. Do you think esports would be a big thing today without World of Warcraft, even though they have little to nothing to do with esports? It's an absolute. I think it's absolutely a big part of the founding of esports. Really? Just because well, it brought because, gaming into such a, the, the forefront. Yeah, esports wouldn't exist like, if gaming wasn't more mainstream. And gaming wouldn't be more mainstream if it wasn't for a while. So I feel like there's a long train of. Mm, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't think it's it's as direct, but I think it's definitely. I, I, I think that you can definitely say it with Blizzard. Um, yeah. But but yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you think about it, World of Warcraft was really the first MOBA. 
<laughs> it, what? What? Wait, Dota did Dota come before League of Legends? Dota came well before League of Legends. Dota then, came, yeah, World the, World of Warcraft was probably the first MOBA. Defense yeah. of the Ancients is a World of Warcraft three mod. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, Warcraft, Warcraft, three Warcraft three mod. mod. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> World of Warcraft three. Are we there already? Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, there you go, guys. That's uh, that's that's the the MMORPGs list of uh, of top ten. MMOs of all time. I am actually super surprised that we got an hour and a half out of that. There was a lot of good discussion, though. There was. And I think with the exception of maybe one or two that I might pull off there, that's an overall very solid list. That is extremely fair. It is. Normally, we tear these things apart. I don't know. I feel like number 10 should have been FF11 and like number seven or six should have been 14. Yeah. I think oh, you could, I, I, really? I, I think you could. Really? Well, here's the thing though. We put, we said that city of heroes, star Wars galaxies, and maybe even ESO could have been, uh, uh, above or, or that final fantasy 14 could have been above them. That would have put sure. it at about six. Had you moved dark age of Camelot to five, got rid of guild wars two. I'd, I, 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 you know what? Yeah. I'd make that change. I think. But I think I think Final Fantasy fourteen only made the list because of what it was able to do, the turnaround that it was able That's to make right. from one point oh. Yeah. If they had released a Realm Reborn as the first version, right? Like it have been on there. No. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But then, yeah. it, but no, then no, absolutely not. Absolutely. And, and and what reason, Nika, would you put eleven on there? Like like removing yourself from your bias. Why does Eleven deserve to be on this list? What did it do? I feel like it had a good story. It it definitely did. I remember when I was playing Eleven, I had a ton of friends that would play WoW, and every single time they would go to WoW, they would come back because of the story. And I remember that was, everyone was looking at all the MMOs at the time, and they're like, all the MMOs have better gameplay than Eleven. They're fun, but they don't have the story. And like, why does this MMO have a story? Oh, it's a Final Fantasy game. It's an MMO. This is great. That's definitely one thing. Another thing is I feel like it had more long like I don't know, longevity is in terms of the game, but in terms of like when a player became invested, I feel like a lot of wow people would just play after they got their shit. They'd, you know, you know what? log off to the next expansion. I, 11 had a lot of consistent people who would play every day for years and years and years. And I think more system. so than other MMOs, the job yeah. system. I think and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Being it's the, the only game yeah. that's ever had the You've been able to level multiple jobs on one character. On a single yes. character. Yes. Well, and always that's still not a thing in like every single MMO. I know. Ever. Right. And, well, and also another thing about that is at the time when world of Warcraft was still relatively young but was you know it was a juggernaut already if you liked that style of game you could go play maybe you know you could go to everquest if you didn't want to play wow but you like that style if you didn't like that style your options were galaxies and 11 those were the two other games you could go to at the time and i think like that 11 held its own at that period of time was very impressive it it really did i think it did and so i feel like the fact that it's not even on the honorable mention it, yeah, it, 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 it upsets me, even not even from a personal bias standpoint, but like it should be at least an honorable mention over some of the other ones on there. Especially over the like EverQuest Two, I feel like it should definitely be on there. And keeping in mind too that FF Eleven came over here, you know, two thousand in uh, early two thousands when. You know, Final Fantasy was well known amongst gamers, but it wasn't a household franchise yet. I mean, it was big in the gaming circles, but I think there was like you mm. couldn't just say Final Fantasy and have people know what you were talking about yet. Mm. Mm, true. But I still feel like and anyone who knew about games in general would have heard of Final Fantasy, though. Like yeah, anyone who was I anywhere mean, on the up and up about games, at least after FF7 came out. When FF7 came out, like my dad, who was 
solely a PC player. He's like, he played Diablo and Tomb Raider. Like those are his games. He's like, I heard that this FF seven, this is like one of the best games ever. And he bought it for himself. Never ended up actually playing it because he didn't really play PlayStation games, Mm. but he, he bought it simply because it was everywhere for being this great, fantastic game. No, no, you're right. It should have at least been in the honorable mentions, especially if yes, you're going to yes. put like, like the secret world or planet site. Meridian 59. What the fuck is Meridian? Exactly. 59? 11 should be in there. I think it's, it's really unfair. Like as much as I rat, like, trash on 11 because of how bad it's become i think there is so much that was good about it at its time that it the fact that it's not an honorable mention is very upsetting to me yeah 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 this says to me that they hold ff11 in the same regard as dc universe online and that's not acceptable (laughs) agreed i mean where is uh the matrix online in this list right oh god (laughs) number two in the garbage where it belongs i i I, know oh yeah were you a big matrix online fan yeah, I was yeah. the one. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't. Check, I, it, check it. Check I, it out. Check it out. Check no, it out. you were too busy. Oh. You were too busy playing City of Heroes and being a ripoff of Captain Cold. I actually, I actually, <laughs> hey, pl- Captain Cold didn't exist when I played that game. Okay. Yes. 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 He did. He did. He, he uh, I don't think so. It was like when I was like in high school. I actually played enough of Matrix Online to know that there was nothing, and I mean nothing, redeemable about that game. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, I was bluffing under the assumption that nobody ever played that game, and apparently I was wrong. Dude, here we I, have the one person. Uh, you're talking, uh, bitch, no, hold up. bitch, I beta tested it. What? I played wow. the Matrix Online. Dude, this was the early 2000s. The Matrix was awesome. Of course people were going to yeah. play that. Yeah, and guess no, what? It was when, trash. It, when 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 it was suggested, like when when people first heard about its development, they went apeshit for it, and then they got their hands on it, and it was so it was so unbelievably bad and buggy. Well, right. yeah, not everyone couldn't. can be the one, and that's what everybody would want to be. No, no, I I completely disagree. Like, I think there is almost no better world more suited for an MMO. That IP is perfect for an MMO yeah, yeah. or for a table, a pen and paper RPG. Like, Let it's me- perfect. Let me let me tell you let me tell you about the best aspect of of the Matrix Online. Okay, it was the login screen because it made it feel like you as a person were logging into the fucking Matrix. That's cool. and that was awesome. So basically, log in and then log back out and never go back. It, it was it was like the most basic text prompt, but for some reason, it was the way that they delivered it. When I sat down to log in, I was like, "Man, I feel fucking cool." And then you got to the game, and you're like, "Oh right, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, it's really- awful." It was it was literally the most memorable aspect of that game. Mm-hmm. No, that game was so so awful. And I'm so bummed that the pen and paper RPG got canned. They never released it. I'm sure yeah. you can probably find a fan made one out there somewhere. Oh yeah, though. absolutely. There's probably those are shit. They have D&D. no balancing in that. Yeah. All right, is that it? Are we done? Did we make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we made it. It it is. I just it finished. It. This works out. I just finished downloading the new checkpoint episode. It's ready. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, Neil is saying Xerox is logging into the Matrix. I guarantee you that that was probably my fucking character. Oh, yes. Almost guarantee you that that would have been my character name at that point. Oh, awesome. Um, We made a lot of nostalgia on the show today. There are so many people in the chat losing their minds all episode long about some of these old games. And, and, and like, 
what would we have talked about for FF14? Nothing. Someone, because I did see, We talked about I the saw, penalty system, man. I know. Uh, one or two people, one or two people complained that we weren't talking enough about FF14. Well, but here's the and thing. I couldn't I help we, but think, like, what the fuck would we have talked about? I, I actually, I thought we did with at least the first half of the list done a good job too, like drawing parallels back to 14. So what the fuck do you want from us? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like other, other FF14 podcasts are actually closing down. Isn't that right, Escalia? They sure are. Yeah. So what, what, what else did you want from us? Yeah. We're Come doing on. our best. We're still putting an episode out. Yeah. Look, Kastraz, who's probably one of our biggest detractors says this is a great episode. Yeah. That was outstanding. Fine. It was yeah. fun. I had a good time today. Marcus, stop molesting me or whatever the fuck it is you're doing. No, Jesus. keep molesting him. I paid you enough for the whole show. Don't stop now. What? 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 Huh? I'm moving. Huh? Like, I feel like the people who try to defend FF14 and how shitty it is right now, like, they don't even have, they're not even saying valid things yeah. anymore. Like, they're just like, oh, fucking Lords of Verminion is a thing. Yeah, but it's and got, it's it, like, it's got a, we all know that that's shit, though. Yeah, but there's but there's there's chocobos in FF14. It's great. <laughs> you know what? Next episode, uh, Juxta is gonna give what? you guys a walkthrough on Yokai Watch. Okay, there you go. Oh, That's we're looking forward to the it. event. It's in it's in yes, 14. The, yes, the, the event. I want you to walk through them how to get everything in the event. I mean, didn't Juxta no. used to have the uh, like holiday <laughs> event thing back in eleven? Wasn't that his show? Simply yes, Juxta. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's do it. Simply Juxta 2.0. We brought yeah, back Simply Juxta, uh, Juxta, Juxta one episode of this Position show. Reborn. Let's do it. Do we really want to punish our viewers that badly? Is that a thing we want to do with Yokai yeah. Watch? Yeah. Juxta, how excited okay. for the Yokai Watch event are you? I'm not. He got Why? everything. I have I, everything. I know, he's probably but it just mad means, that now he's not. But it means that more people get to get the jism mount. Except, like, here's okay, here's the problem. Like, yes, I should be super angry about it, but I'm not because. Yeah, okay, this is typical Square Enix, so yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Get, get back, back here, biatch. Biatch. <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, did they did they actually make the event easier? No. Uh, to my it knowledge, it's the anything. same event. Exactly. Okay. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it literally, like, like when you were, when you kept saying like, oh, but it's uh, like you know after it's gone no one else is gonna have them like do you, you know that that's fucking horseshit yeah you know I mean, that that's horseshit you I mean, know that they're gonna bring people, it back at least people still have to earn it but it doesn't say much for the digital exclusivity how many times how many times how many times did they bring back that stupid fucking lightning event or it's fucking items and i still twice. never got it twice who cares who cares who cares well i used to because of glamour but Mm, no, is there anymore. a single piece on there that you gave a shit about? Fan fan I wanted to be snow snow next week. week. We're not snow doing. Cool. We're gonna be in studio next week. We won't need fanfics. Hopefully. What are we talking about next week? <laughs> I, I got. I got some plans. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Well, we also have a live letter, don't we? That no, 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 that's week? the week after. That's oh, that's the week after. Shit. Yeah. Yep. We don't worry. Plans. I. We, I have an idea. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, a, it's actually your idea. It's one of the things we talked about when we were leaving Checkpoint this week. So, Oh, I don't remember what that was. <laughs> you can take credit for it, because I don't remember. I'm, I'm gonna. Okay. All right. What is it? Why do you care? You're not going to help with anything. All you do is 
write the stupid show intro. Hey, that is very hard work that I do like minutes before the show starts. It's I'm aware. Th- it's just a thing that you do. It's I don't know that it's hard. It's very and, good. And you know, here here's the thing too. People if like you, it. If you were able to go back in time when you first did it and tell yourself if you do this once or twice, they're gonna expect it every episode. You wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. I love it. <laughs> no I hesitation think, whatsoever. No, you know, I, Juxta, I, mean, I get it, man. I get it. FFFL season three never happening. Believe me, oh, I get come it. on, come on, FFFL. Actually, I. You know what? I've been playing fantasy football, and now I kind of want to do the FFFL again. So. Do the funfuls, man. I kind of want to. Might have the funfuls. You're gonna have to time it out so that uh, when we wrap up the FFFL, it competes with the Super Bowl because. <laughs> We'll oh. win that bet. We're going to win that fight. All right. Oh, so geez. week nine would put us 10 weeks out from the Super Bowl. All right. <laughs> it's on. I'll try and do it. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to that's gonna do it for today. I think so. Thanks, yep. guys. Thanks for I can smell in. the food. I'm excited, hungry, and sweating. Oh, yeah. There's burgers waiting for me. Oh, I have nothing waiting for me. I yeah. have a uh, <laughs> loser. Quesadilla. It is it is surprisingly hot in this studio. This non the studio with like nothing running in it. But you haven't been able still, to like, we can right? still see your camera. You're in total darkness. <laughs> I know. I can't run <laughs> fucking lights. There's only one room that I can have lights on in in this entire uh, condo. And uh, like like my parents came over yesterday, right? And they came they came over in the morning, but I got home after work at like seven o'clock and i was like i really only have a very limited amount of time to clean this apartment before they come over and like it it, like by nine o'clock i was like well i gotta i gotta stop or i've got to find a fucking you know like miner's headlamp because (laughs) i can't see shit I can't see shit. And it's so so fucking frustrating. On the plus side, they wouldn't have been able to see anything either. No, when they came over in the morning, when there was sunlight, yeah, they would be able to see all of the shit. (laughs) Damn. You stupid idiot. Holy shit. Wait a minute. Hold on. Talison Trustlake in the chat says they reset the metal cost and he only needed 15 medals for the last three weapons instead of 30. Are you fucking with me? Wait, what? Really? Because then I'm probably pretty close on a lot of them that I was working on before. Oh my god, are you fucking shit? So they made so they made it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I, I haven't I haven't heard that anywhere, so I think you're trolling me, so stop. <laughs> so knock <laughs> off. I'm leaving you. And, and it's working. Aaron says they did res Oh my gosh. You know, I did over 700 fates for that shit. Oh my, you madman. Why? Why? Because at the Digital time, exclusivity. this game was actually interesting and it meant something. It meant you had a lot of free time, but it meant something. No, it didn't. Now it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it meant you make bad decisions. That's what it meant. <laughs> there you go. I agree with that. And everybody hated the mount and everyone still hates the mount. And that's why it's the best mount. Well, it's also going to be the most popular amount very shortly. Yeah, it seems really easy to get. Now. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah. log in and get it. <laughs> you're not going to. Yeah, you're right. It didn't help that it, the only reason this would help is if you stopped midway through because you're a bitch. And you're a bigger bitch. That, that'd be basically start. me. Like, I was getting there and then I didn't. Yeah, get she's the bitch. I got like halfway there at least. Everyone's a bitch. <laughs> Fucking bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and go take care of your baby. Yeah. No, I'm for that. Oh, she does want to swing. She really wants to swing right now, and I won't let her have it. 
Why? Because it makes noise. It's an electronic swing. You are a terrible father. Just We're doing a puns. We are doing a professional podcast right now, okay? You know what professional means? What does it, it mean? It means you do work for money and it's good. That's it means, the definition. Look that's it up half here. correct. It means from now on, if we do this, you're going to have to shut that baby the fuck up. I have chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, all right. Uh, all, right. Uh, all right. We're going to, yes, we're going to end the show on a baby chloroforming joke. Yep. Um, I don't give a shit about a stupid baby. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's going to do it for Limit Break Radio today. Uh, by next week, we should be back to normal. We should be back in studio. Should be being the operative word here. Should be, yes, exactly. So uh, hopefully we will not have to run this very janky setup again. Um, but thank you guys for your patience and for you know putting up with uh the show kind of you know being impacted in this way um but you know just know that we're doing everything that we possibly can to uh be able to work to get to the other side of it so thank you guys very much we appreciate it we appreciate your patience um and uh we we encourage you to come back next week uh starting at 4 p.m here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio for limit break radio stay tuned coming up next we've got this week's episode of checkpoint and considering that more than three quarters of the show was done in damn near pitch darkness like you would have you would have expected uh you would have expected this show to be about nothing but fucking goth music that you know like like we would have been sitting around and listening to Bauhaus and the cure you know like that's that's what that's what it seemed like when we were doing the show but no we were still able to maintain a very good show with checkpoint we encourage you to check it out that's coming up next live here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio all right guys uh that's gonna do it um head on over to limitbreakradio.com to subscribe to the podcast uh leave us a little bit of love uh review the show on uh apple podcasts itunes whatever you use um and uh let us know how uh how you're liking the show uh all right guys that's gonna be it for us i want to thank uh i want to thank my crew Kahlo, nika escalia juxtaposition i'm an hero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Mary Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Packet, Shara Hartslot, Nexian Theta, Brian Alexander, Tommy Carlson, Hirsch Fersh, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. 
Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 